passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. That's right. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. North, bumper, clear. Clear by two, pretty really shallow entry. Door, bumper, clear. Hey everybody, I'm TJ Major, spotter of the six cup of car, the eight Xfinity this weekend. Ed Freddy's here. <laughs> That's all you did? Yeah, what else did you want me to do? I don't know, usually you're busy. I was Brett Griffin, spotter, college racing. What's up? Freddie Kraft, spotter for Bubba Wallace, Chandler Smith, and Nick Lights this week. Hey, guess what, Freddie? What's up, buddy? Casey's got uh, silly season news. She wants to tell everybody. Oh, she's going to tell us. No, yeah. no, I don't. No, I was also yeah, told she's... that I've been smoking a pack of cigarettes this morning. So It's too good to be true. I don't. <laughs> what is it, Casey? Uh, oh, tell us. You're such an what? ass. You said you were going to talk earlier because you were saving <laughs> yourself, and here we go. Casey, I just want you, you to contribute um, something I would this also, time. I would also like to give a... A shout can you not, be, uh, to can you not be loving this to week to this morning? <laughs> Andrew for completing his Iron Man. I mean, that's more than any of us. Yeah, have done a hell of a, a celebration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Andrew has hickeys all over his neck. I don't know I what happened. To I gotta run in a Iron Man. I guess I don't know what happened <laughs> to the finish line of these things, but looks like Andrew's been getting his neck sucked on for the last two hours. Uh, <laughs> I think for three, I think for three hundred dollars, there's better ways to do that. <laughs> it was from the uh, okay. Let's okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All I heard this morning was something about strippers and and hickeys. That's all yeah, I heard. Yeah, because there's wetsuit right. strippers oh, wetsuit to help you strippers. get the wetsuit off. Right. So they, the wetsuit right. the strippers how, probably gave me those. How did we do in the Iron Man? We as because we did this all together. We did good. Uh, what, yeah. what was the time? Like, it was uh, uh, five thirty-seven thirty-nine. Is that faster or slower than yeah. the first Iron Man? Uh, the bike and the run were both significantly faster and that was actually the first time I ever swam in an Iron Man because the last one got cancelled. <laughs> the oh. swim of the last one got cancelled. Oh sweet. The last Iron Man was a fraud. The last Iron Man was a <laughs> it was not a 70.3 it was a 69.1 oh, It took you five hours. Wait a minute <laughs> 69.1 now the guy's neck. Did he say like, five hours? Yeah. Five hours and 13 minutes or 30 minutes or something. Did you like take that. a five hour beforehand? Ugh. No but a bunch of little caffeine installments throughout the race. Well sounds like I heard like you ran you, uh, some DBC fans at the beginning of the run. Oh uh, yeah, at the beginning of the run, I like I'm literally leaving. They gave you a fireball transition. No, they didn't. They didn't. I asked for fireball water, at the, the water, water station cups. though, uh, and she yells out DBC. 
So I told her I had my pills on me. There's fans everywhere. Oh, there really? A bunch of fans. <clears throat> Did your pills contribute to the hickeys? <laughs> <laughs> that was after the fact. They saw him walk. I'm just they curious. saw him walk by. They're like, I'm sucking on that guy's dick. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Jeez. a shark? What is that, a shark fin? No, no it's Andrew swimming. <laughs> Things I didn't think out here at 9 a.m. Oh. Do you, think anybody, do you think anybody's ever actually looked at Andrew and said, I can't wait to suck on that guy's neck? Yeah, I'm sure somebody. Somebody Brett, somewhere. what are you trying to say? <laughs> no chance. Somebody somewhere has been dying to suck on Andrew's neck. I can, there's, there's somebody out there you for sucker, everybody. You, you, <laughs> you neck sucking son of a bitch, you. Well, I mean, come on, Brett. You've had a hickey before. No. Never. Yeah. I just know how to get rid of them. Okay. <laughs> you put Crest toothpaste on the end of a toothbrush, and you brush it like you brush your teeth, and it goes right away. How'd you get your first one? I did it to myself. Vacuum cleaner things. What do they call it? A Hoover vacuum cleaner? You were practicing. What, <laughs> what were you doing with a vacuum cleaner? I just wanted to see what it felt like. Don't bother me. I don't clean in my room. <laughs> well, I thought I locked the door, Mom. Sorry. I... You idiot sure. started this this time. I didn't have anything. Immature. I'm glad we haven't really backed that up at all this week. All right. Well, oh. let's go back to uh, actual important conversations. So two spots have officially been claimed in the championship Did you championship say the number four. two again? In the championship <laughs> four. What do you guys you think love of that number, race? don't you? <laughs> you really you love that of- number, don't you? We're not. We're going to okay, talk about it anyway. Two spots so have nice. officially been claimed two. in the championship for the Cup Series. What did you guys think of yesterday's race? I love that number. What did you guys think of yesterday's race? It was too long. (laughs) It was too long for you. It got long at the end. What happened to you? They got wrecked. When you were second, third, three laps down, what happened? They got got wrecked. wrecked. Well, first of all, we pitted and um, we were just finished our pit stop and going around and that's when Larson decided to KO the barrels. So you're pretty much... Oh. We got pinned and got the free pass, and we were going, making up ground, getting on the top three wide, and uh, one of the guys... <laughs> turn two was a, was a tough deal for you oh, this weekend. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, turn two, the number two. Oh, man, it's terrible. Um, turn, turn two. Who was, wrecked you? Yeah. Which time? Which, Which day? day? <laughs> the start wheel. Uh, Saturday, Saturday was Saturday. the guy that owns, the, no, owns all this stuff. Sunday. We know, we know who wrecked you. Uh, John Hunter decided to... Oh. Uh, crowd everybody up the racetrack for 28th and um just washed i think it was ross in the middle and we were up we were up top three wide or something or we might have got you were the wide. middle ross was top i think no we were no yeah you're for right sure. yeah yeah you were and outside of john hunter he squeezed because ross went yeah. to the fence and yeah we, we were middle i think and <laughs> the day before we were up against the wall <laughs> and um yeah i just squeezed up just i don't know man but i'm not surprised but is what it is. It's racing. It gets tight over there, but um, you got to know. You got to know when not to go up any higher. So, were you good in practice on uh, Saturday? Yeah. So, was Busher not good in practice? Uh average. I mean, average. I saw you were running second. He was getting lapped. You know, when I turned the TV on there, at stage one, I was like, man, that sucks for Busher to miss. Yeah, him, they you know? they they struggled there a little bit last year too, and and um, not really sure why. That, Most of the time, our cars run together. Yeah, that's the first. I was gonna say that's the first time I've seen that big of a just you know yeah. disparity between your two cars. And and Chris wasn't terrible. Like he just had didn't have a lot of fire off speed. But then like late in the run, we would be running. I don't know. We weren't very good in the first half of the race. We would be running like fifteenth. He'd be a lap down, but he would 
go by us, you know. So he wasn't yeah. awful, but he just got trapped in that first run, yeah. lost if a lap, lose, and then that's the end of the day. If really you lose a you. lap in the first run and you don't get the free pass right then, yeah, I, I, like I'm telling you, the king of this, king of doing this in the beginning of the year was Logano. He would get lapped that first run of the race, but he'd get the free pass or be run right on the edge of it, and then they would rebound from there. But it's definitely tough. There's guys that were really good that got lapped early. Um, yeah, another guy in that scenario was like a Bowman. Um, there, there's a he handful. slipped to his pit box, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think he had a pit box. Yeah, but he wasn't like he wasn't fast. No, and but there's it's tough if you get lapped, man. Then then you're if a if a good group of cars gets lapped, it's even harder because then you got to race them guys and. It's crazy to me, like talking about how close you guys normally are and how different you were yesterday. Even the Hendrick side of it, the five and twenty-four hauled ass, ran top five all day. Yeah, and you never saw nine. the nine and forty-eight all day. They were yeah. back there by us for the most of the you know majority of the race. Yeah, we were good there. Brad was good last year as well, and we were able to we were able to come back and have speed. I thought we were in practice. I felt like we were second to Blaney in long run stuff. Blaney was lights out Blaney fast, was ridiculous. But um, yeah, I feel like we were really good. We just got pinned from that caution. We were running. Uh, we were probably seventh place, sixth, seventh place. We were going to probably cycle out to fifth if the if Larson doesn't knock the barrels all over the place, and we were okay. We were, I mean, I feel like we would have finished between, depending on the restart and the time, we would have finished between fourth and eighth probably. So, but you know, it, we lost a little bit of speed as the race went on, but another strong run though. Yeah, we were the exact opposite. We ran like hell all day long, and then finish sixth somehow yeah well a lot of guys dude yeah. look how many cars got like and yeah. then, then we got better we we took time at one point to just they wholesaled it on pit road i think it was the i think it was the barrels caution we just sat there and they went wholesale changes and well then, you gained a lot of track position from yeah. that yeah we were probably like 16th 17th and gained we 12th restarted six, you know came out of the pits last so we restarted about 16th 17th but then our car was better where we could drive up yeah. and, and gain spots on restarts um, that was our big struggle all day was, you know, one of Bubba's strong points is obviously restarts, and we couldn't go anywhere on restarts until the very end. So uh, we've salvaged a decent day out of it. But I think the biggest thing I took away from yesterday is we need to change the schedule next year. We need to get Homestead the hell away from Phoenix so people don't have this vivid memory of how great this race was and how racy this place is where we could be running the championship race at before we go out there and, and follow each other around for a couple hours. Yeah, this race is this racetrack still even even with the Cup car, Xfinity car, tr- no matter what car you put on this track, it just produces. It's got, you know, the wall is a, you know, you say Larson, you know, should be the favorite, but guess what he did? Running to the wall. I mean, by himself he hit. It. I don't know if you saw it on yeah. saw it or anything, but he hit the wall by himself. You know, and there's always it's a craft, man, to be able to. And I'm not talking about Freddie. Um, you know, it's a it's a skill to be able to run up there and do that. Like I. It takes you a while, like watching. Like Brad was probably one of the highest on entries to turn one. He would, I mean, there's times I'm like, oh god, we're hitting it, we're hitting it, we're hitting it, and then he wouldn't hit it. I'm like, how do you do that lap after lap after lap? And to see the guys that can do it is, it's impressive to see them. But I'm gonna tell you what ain't impressive. If you are not in the playoff, you are not on TV. Yeah, it is. If you're a fan of a driver that's not in that playoff, and listen, there's 30 more drivers out there that aren't in it. Yeah, holy cow! If you if you're not in the playoff for Kevin Harvick yesterday, you nobody knew you were in the race. There was somebody, and that's a shame because to start of the season, I told Burton to start of the deal. I said, "Man, I, t- I feel like where Fox was struggling and where you guys are doing great is you cover the whole field." Not yesterday. I seen the tweet, and I don't know if it was you or John on Couch Racer, but somebody that should have been talked about a lot yesterday that probably didn't get mentioned was AJ Allmendinger. He got like, mentioned at the very end. Like he he ran really well. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of speed. I know mean, he finished third there last year. Finished fourth there yeah, yesterday. He was, was fast. Like he was. 
And I like I was thinking about that the whole time. I'm like, this guy probably you probably don't even know this guy's in a race, and he's having a phenomenal, terrific, marvelous day. Yeah, it was uh, it was painful. So, yesterday. Brett, when you put together sponsorship packages, like I mean, I do the same thing. What does that tell you for playoff races? Are you charging more? Because you have a nah. better chance of getting the playoffs, or how does that work from a team standpoint? I mean, we all we all know from an activation standpoint, Phoenix is a big sell because it's the finale, right? Whether you're in the playoff or not, it's still the finale, so it's a big championship race weekend to do things around. Um, but you listen as as a this isn't about sponsorship, Casey, and I, and I feel where you're coming from. But as a fan, if you're a driver, if your driver is not in a, if you're a Bubba Wallace fan yesterday, if you're a Brad Keselowski fan yesterday, you don't even know they're in the race. That's just a shame. They got to fix that. There's more to just seven or eight guys being out there. Man, it was, and I don't know how. I obviously I can't watch any on TV, but I mean the Saturday races. There was a lot of stuff happening in those Saturday races. You know, you had playoff guys just not having a good day. Uh, Nick's two fast, like two guys that I thought could go to Homestead and contend, Nick Sanchez and uh, especially Christian Eckes. They go there. Sanchez runs into a guy coming to pit road, knocks, you know, kills the left front of his truck, ends his day essentially. He only misses by a couple points. Um, and then you had Eckes, who speeds on pit road. He obviously had an earlier penalty we'll talk about later, but speeds on pit road, ends his day. You got the 38. They're doing everything they can, obviously. They they got the windshield about ready to fall in on Zane, but they're hauling ass <laughs> at the same time. And then Rich Luscious makes the Hail Mary call of the year, where we talked about this last week with Small, James Small. You know, you, you look like an idiot, but you could turn around and look like a genius. Like, it's the same thing now. Rich looks like a genius, but if the caution comes out any time in them last 58 laps, Ben Rhodes is done. You know he's got no tires left. But what a what a hail mary call for Ben for for Rich and Ben and that team and, 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 and it created it some really cool drama. Is he going to win? Can he stay out front? You know. Yeah, he pit, so he drives back. You know, essentially what happened was he came and put his last set of tires on with fifty eight to go. I think it was, and then he's just committed to I'm going to stay out because we knew everybody else was going to pit. It's just faster to you know, two stop there or one stop, I should say, and. He's just committed to I'm going to stay out. So then he had, I think, with 30 to go, he had like a 30 second lead. And but obviously, older but, tires. That's cool though. Yeah, and they, like, here it is. Can yeah. you come run me down? And they ran him down. But it's it, it, he was not going to be a third place truck in the race or second place. I guess he finished. No. And and he did because you know he finished there because of that call and and because guys couldn't get to him. So I mean, kudos to Rich for that. And I mean, Rich has only been there what like three or four weeks now, like our races, I should say. Yeah, They got switched to the middle of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, awesome to see that deal pay off. But I thought there was two really fast guys that had an opportunity to get themselves to the Final Four, and they both made really big mistakes yesterday. TJ, I got to know, because Freddie probably can't comment, was Reddick's car as ugly from the roof as it was on TV? <laughs> um, yeah, it was weird. To, from a distance, you were like, "What? who is that car? What is that? And there's a... It was like a drunk zebra running around out there. I... I don't know if it was that, but um, it was definitely. I had a. It took me a handful of times to figure out. Okay, that's forty five. That's forty five. That's the forty five. Even, even your car. A couple of times, I had to look twice and and. Be you like, know how some people wear shirts and you look at the print and it starts messing with your eyes. I feel like that's what that car. You, you see a different image when you keep <laughs> looking yeah, at it. Yeah. yeah. Freddie, shout out to you. I mean, 
matching your car with your haircut that that was a real win for you my haircut i mean the one that you posted i don't know oh, what your hair officially uh, I mean, looks you like you look like that Dermot mushroom guy hair, so i don't know you that, look like the mushroom guy from mario brothers, mario brothers yeah. that one's that's what i was going right for. behind you yeah yeah look at that good looking oh yeah but we need the mushroom guy i unfortunately i took it i should have just left it like that but i didn't i can't believe you did that's pretty weak i don't know if you should have left it just faded that right up look at the girl in the background laughing did you see her that was the girl cutting my hair. I think. Yeah, she's How about a uh, boss man, Gil Jr., with the top five finish on Saturday? Yeah, how about yeah, that? had to wreck his teammate to do it. <laughs> hey, uh, he didn't I wanna, wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> he didn't want to feel left out of the group. I mean, <laughs> he found out how strong the magnets are in the JRM cars. They find each yeah, other every it's week. crazy, isn't it? Um, yeah. Oh, this is what y'all been talking about in those team debriefs. No wonder y'all keep hitting each other. Yeah, I was hoping, um, I was hoping, you know, to get a, I don't know. To, <laughs> to get what? We were having a, uh, uh, there's plenty of, you know how many things I had written, typed, and was going to send, but I Just didn't. say it, man. I don't, like, I wanted to get. Um, a gift card? Well, that too. <laughs> um, I got a couple of them, not really, but uh, we should have got, like, like LW or somebody to, to send us a message, you know, and like, like, a, like, a, like a hey, you man. know, disappointed you got wrecking, <laughs> wrecking the cars. <laughs> and listen, I we're going to give him hell about it, but there, you know, he came out afterwards and said that he didn't know he was out there. Yeah. And who was spot for him? Joey, but Joey said, it, you know, and, and here, and this is what we talk about, about, you know, who's the best spotter. And there's no such thing as the best spotter because there's different fits. You get so used to like Bubba gets so used to me that back in the day when we had to switch out for, you know, a non-companion race or something, he hated it just because it was a different, you know, different voice on the radio. And Dale's so used to how many years have you been spotting for Dale? I Over mean, 10. Yeah. I mean, so <clears throat> he's so used to TJ's voice, TJ's cadence. Joey is a phenomenal spotter. But, you know, he gives a lot of information. And if you're not keen on trying to process all that information at once, it's easy to get lost in the scramble of exactly what's going on around you. And, you know, it's just maybe not a great fit. But the, the Joey said he was out there. Dale didn't know he was out there. So there's a, there's a you know, loss in translation there somewhere. And he, it's definitely just told him, he definitely told him that he was there. But his on restarts, I can tell you right now that, Dell Jr. is not worried about like the guy on the inside down here in the middle of the corner. So you kind of leave that guy out sometimes because you're not you're going not hanging a left. <laughs> you're not going left on the exit of the corner. You're going up the racetrack. Yeah, when you get off the exit of the corner, right before you get to the exit, you let him know he's there so he doesn't move on the straightaway. But he definitely gave him the info that he was there. But if I can tell you right now, if you don't emphasize on like stuff with him. That's that's coming like three back, two back. What when you don't? If you don't, your your octave gets a little bit higher, and because sometimes I'm not even sure he's listening to the the words. He just hears you getting louder, and he and he knows the guy is coming there, so he knows by the by the level of your voice, the tone of your voice, and for he, after hearing it for like ten years, he's got that's what he's probably used to hearing. And yeah, it's just it's cadence and it's pitch, and we have it. You know, we we fight it with the NASCAR officials when we get a new race director. Sometimes, you know, they have the same cadence. So, you know, Tim Berman is you know pit road is closed, move the wave arounds, we're one to go at the line. The next mm-hmm. guy's pit road is closed. Then we wait a lap, and it's you know the cadence gets off, and we're all looking around, going, what? "Are we one to go? Are we not one?" To-? Like yeah. it, it screws us up. So you know, it's just a, it's a. Bubba's always said to me, "It's just a comfort thing." Like I'm not obviously, I don't think I'm the greatest spotter in the history of the world, but like for Bubba, it's it's a comfort thing for him because he knows what I'm going to say. He knows when I key up or how I'm talking. Like you said, the pitch of your voice, or or yeah. or you know how elevated you get if something's going on or not. So. I mean, it's not. I know he said he didn't know he was out there, but it's not that Joey didn't you know, tell him. It's just you know he didn't yeah, wasn't able to process. He didn't he listen. Well, no, he wasn't listening for sure. Not the, <laughs> not that I've ever dealt with that with him. But um, you know, like 
spotters, there are there are some that that you can give info to your driver, and the driver wants to use it. You want to see line, you want you tell them different lines and stuff. And there's a lot of spotters that that that's not in their ball. They don't do that. that. That's not in their ballpark. That's not part of their you know what what they do. And but there's a lot of guys like Brad wants to know where guys are running. Brad wants to know what techniques they're doing. Um, like if you see a guy going on the high side, turn to the middle on X, you tell your guy, if you see him make up ground, or you used to look at his lap time, okay, that was two times faster. Maybe we should be doing that. You know, there's, there's things that you're always suggesting and stuff, and a lot of it you talk about during the week with your driver. Like, there's probably not much that that me and Brad don't cover during the week as far as line-wise, how the race played out, what techniques to try. There's probably not a lot we don't cover, but they want to hear it during the race. And uh, But, yeah, there's there's – no doubt that Joey Meyer gave him all the info. It just didn't translate to what he couldn't paint the picture. He didn't understand the picture. So you guys alluded to a lot of spotter changes coming next year that haven't been announced yet. How, I mean, at least two comfort, comfort wise, (laughs) comfort wise. How does that work? Um, You know, how do you prep for that? Especially coming into the season when you're used to a certain spotter, and obviously that's changing. It can make Daytona 500 interesting, Casey, like, because you get there and we don't have all those testing and practices and you you show up basically and run the duels and it's a new voice, it's a new technique and I promise you they're not going to do it the same way your last spotter did. Doesn't mean they're better, doesn't mean they're worse, but it's going to be different. So as spotters up there, we're, we're aware of that, right? So you just got to really spend a lot of time with your driver, understand what he needs, understand what's important. To TJ's point, you know, I spotted for Mike Waltrip one time and he was tight at Michigan and he said, I don't want to hear inside the rest of the race. Like, so you just got to have that relationship where you can adapt on the fly and be able to help each other. And, uh, it's, it's definitely a challenge when you – I mean, look, I showed up with Jeff Burton, had never spotted for the guy, and we won the qualifying race at Daytona. It doesn't mean you're going to struggle. We didn't win another f-ing race all year, by the way, but we won the first one. So, But but it comes down to just that synergy that Freddie was kind of talking about. Should be interesting. The, I mean, <clears throat> the, uh, the biggest thing I took out of that uh, Xfinity race was Sam Mayer. Like, uh, where's this guy come from? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he struggled. And I shouldn't say that because he's always had speed, but he made a lot of mistakes early in the year. And, and, and even through the middle part of the year, you know, the first, what was it, the first race of the playoffs, I think he wrecked on lap one. Where were we at? I can't remember uh, where can't, Texas. Texas. Um, you know, yeah. so and he's to battle back from that now being a championship four. Um, you know, I think he's kind of learned from mistakes and kind of figured out that, you know, if I just hang around here long enough, good stuff happens and I can find myself where I need to be. And and, and another thing is with that, that team is a lot of the guys from the nine car. You know, it's Marty Lindley Crew Chief, but a lot of the engineers and stuff mm-hmm. are from the nine car last year. And they the nine cars dominated Homestead, like whether it was Byron, Reddick, Noah, like <laughs> Noah run against the fence and Sam didn't run against the fence a ton. Yeah, I mean, he did late in the runs and that's where a I think he bit. found speed. Um, late in the runs, I seen the first run. He kind of hovered around tenth, and then all of a sudden he drove up and was probably going to win the stage if it was a few more laps. But uh, just credit to him for for figuring it out here. And then he goes, so he carries a lot of momentum into Phoenix. I watched Sam in practice, and he, he went out behind Josh, and he he wouldn't run against the fence, and he just he got we he lost ground to us, but he he just didn't. I think he knew if he went up there that early, he was probably going to get in trouble but he got better he did the weekend perfect man he got better as the weekend went on and as he took advantage of what was handed to him in the race and made it work i mean he he's definitely improved and um i'm honestly not surprised he's in the championship for right now you better be glad riley hurt staying in this playoff man's on fire lately i don't know what they found quote unquote found at uh (laughs) vegas but they have carried that over to homestead and they were fast two two three more laps 
I mean, and, and the double zero was the class of the field. Riley was fast earlier this year, though, too. He had some, you know, he had a first couple. Was he, was he win by 15 TJ. seconds? No. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying for Riley, he had a really great start to the year. Then he fell off for a couple months, and now he's got lots of speed. He, he fell off for a couple of years. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the last two weeks, this son bitch is on You tweeted he's the fire. best driver in the, in the experience. He's the best driver well, in the experience. It was right after he re-signed for People are so damn too. dumb. Like, Jeb Burton texts me after the race. He goes, man, people are upset about your tweet, you're saying Riley's the best driver in the series. They don't believe, agree with you. And I was like, what, a, what an idiot. I've never heard of sarcasm. So, <clears throat> look, look, but honestly, all bullshit aside, Riley Herbst is flying the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can't deny it. Fast cars go fast. Fast cars go fast. They do. Looking at the championship four. For Xfinity, options. we don't have that sheet. We didn't get that. Well, we if let, you look on left. your phone. Well, you can Andrew, share. There's, there's one sheet that in. made it through the printer. We oh, had the printer, the printer jammed this morning. Oh, here it is. I got He's it. He's a little busy this morning, guys. Uh, Freddie, why don't so you tell Austin us? Hills plus three all got. So Where'd you get that at? I, I there only one, I don't, there's only one copy of this. Guys, one, can sorry. you believe this? There's only Austin, one, one printer at Austin, JRM. John Hunter's up 44. <laughs> Cole Custer up three. Austin Hill up three. Allgaier on the bubble, minus three. Sammy Smith, minus 49. Chandler Smith, 54. And Sheldon Cruz. Who wins Marzell? Chandler Smith. Duh. Is he good there? Oh, we're going to piss some people off there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I remember from the first race. Uh, but, no, I mean, he'll be okay. Good. I'll remind Josh. One guy gets in on points. You agree with that? Uh, um, I'll remind Josh how Chandler was at the beginning of the year. Uh, I, I don't agree with that because I think Josh Berry could very easily win this race. And that, somebody like Berry could steal a point. Mayer was, is really good at, at – Martinsville, he could steal a spot there, or not steal a spot, but open it up for two guys. What about Allgaier? Uh, Allgaier is, I don't think, I don't know, I don't remember him being stellar at Martinsville. He's Mr. Phoenix, so yeah. I promise you, Sam yeah. Mayer and John Hunter don't want him in there. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, Justin, that's that's, that's a weird spot for Mayer because you need to help your teammate, but there's no way I'd help Justin Allgaier there's, at Martinsville. So, so there was an interesting thing that happened in this race, and I was, I didn't, I really didn't know where to bring it up in the show, but while we're talking about the Xfinity guys, I'll bring it up now. So Cole Custer. I I thought NASCAR screwed up royally, and I still don't know how I feel about it. Even after this, I went to them yesterday and talked to uh, one of the, one of the race directors and got an explanation on it. And so Custer hits the wall in turn four, right? Cuts a tire, hits the wall, is on DVP, under green, under green, stays green, stays green. He he, you know, can't get the pit road because it's too, too high on the racetrack. He he comes slow down the front stretch with a right front flat, nurses it back around. Comes down pit road, gets a penalty, too many men over the wall. The penalty was a little bit, I mean, it was, it was a cut and dry rule because the, the, they had an opening in front of their stall and the crew chief put one foot out to catch a tire. So it's, you know, that's a legit penalty. So I get back to thinking and I said, well, if it's a penalty on DVP for too many men over the wall, it should be a two lap penalty, not a drive through like he did. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So then I, I, so before I went to NASCAR, I talked to my own team about it, JR and Booty, and I said, hey, listen, this is what happened yesterday before I sound like an idiot and a hauler, make sure I'm right. Uh, and I said, you know, he went over, he hits the wall, DVP, comes down pit road, too many men over the wall, just a pass through instead of a two lap penalty. I'm like, that's not right. And they said, it is, well, you get an extra man over the wall. You're allowed to have an extra man over the wall if you're on DVP. This is hard to follow, just stick with me. <clears throat> so now I'm like, okay, well, wait, wait a minute now. Then he got screwed 
because he shouldn't have got a penalty at all if he just had one extra man over the wall. It should have just been straight through, no penalty. So now I'm like, now I'm really confused. So I go to uh, the official and I said, here, one of these two things happened. Either this guy got screwed or this guy got really lucky. It should have been a two-lap penalty or no penalty, not a pass-through. And the explanation I got was that he hit the wall in turn four, cut his tire, slowed down down the front stretch, but the minimum speed is so jacked up at this place. And he, he referenced a couple road courses that were similar that he still cleared the DVP clock by making minimum speed crossing the line with a right front flat. On the lap that he made contact with the wall. On the lap that he crashed. Should you be allowed to clear minimum speed on the lap that you this crashed? This has already happened. With Blaney? Yeah, it's it was, but Blaney similar. was under yellow, I think. It was coming to yellow, but that's what I, that's. But Should my you be point to is clear now, it under yellow? like you're you're Supposed opening up. Your I feel like you're opening up a huge can of worms here by, you know, if, if we wreck at anywhere, you come down to tri oval, and how many times have you seen a guy wreck off a of four coming down tri oval and slide through the grass or slide through the front straightaway? If it's still green, <clears> even I don't know what the rule is. If it's yellow or green, Bob's gonna have to text me about this. But you shouldn't be able to clear the clock when you're wrecking. Think about Ross. He would have brought the caution out with a hell melon and broke the track record on the same lap. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you should be yeah, able to clear the clock on the lap that you crash. Like you should have to make it again. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the, the right following answer lap is. Under green should be the lap that you clear it. I, I, not I, the lap of. So this I, is like reviewing a chicane penalty. You should be able, you should have one lap to review it if it's there. If and you I, don't. listen, I don't envy the person that's on charge of DVP at a yeah. place like Homestead because, I mean, somebody's hitting the wall every lap there and then you're, how are you judging what's, you know, I mean, I, it's it's got to be a hard job, but I just, it the explanation, I didn't love it. Maybe the clock shouldn't, you shouldn't be on DVP until you actually sit. Pit, like go to the pit until road. Until you get your stall. Yeah, like you know, cross, start finish, like cross the pit. Yeah, because if you park in your stall, and you're, that's when the clock should start because yeah. then you're working on it. Yeah, I don't. It's it's a weird deal, and it's a little catch twenty two. And I guess the way Bob's gonna have to confirm, we'll we'll get a text from Bob in the morning. Uh, but it's a it's a weird deal that worked out. Mm. I, I want to say it worked out in his favor, but it really didn't because it should have been. I feel like the clock should have been cleared, and he should have been able to get an extra man and not mm-hmm. get a penalty. And yeah, here you see him; he's three points to the good, which I, terrible break for him. I don't know. It didn't look like he hit the wall hard enough to cut the tire. Nah, it looked okay. like maybe yeah. the tire went down first, but you know, tough break for Cole. I, I really like. We Cole. had a similar instance in the Cup race of kind of a first, and I don't remember this ever happening before. We were second car. We were second car a lap down. It was the one and then the six. Oh yeah, and they gave us the free pass because the one got passed after the yellow came out. Like I guess he was coming off pit road. The leader rolls by him. Uh, the yellow comes out. The leader passes him at speed or slow, you know, and then you can't speed up and go yeah, back. Yeah, because the rule him. the rule is the lucky dog is the first car lap down at time of caution. So yes. when the caution comes out, the six is the first car lap down. Yes. Then they lap the one. Yeah. After that, so it's just a bad break on their part. It was, but it, I, so it's, three it must wins in this race: Sammy Smith, Chandler Smith, Sheldon Creed, a fight for fourth potentially. Cole Custer, Austin Hill, Justin Algar. If anybody else wins. It's crazy. A lot of drama. Martinsville Xfinity I mean, Series. How about Cup Series? You've got Denny and Martin. Who would have thought they'd be fighting for their lives in this championship four as well? I mean, the last month and a half. You, you, but like Denny? Martin. Yeah. I mean, Martin's first four finishes of the playoffs where he had none better than 17th. And then the next race, he didn't – the what was the Roval maybe or whatever? I don't know. He finished right in the same ballpark. I mean, this is – Martin, that 19 team just – This playoffs been ugly for them. Yeah, like – 
I can't even believe they're still in it, honestly. But he's a stud at Martinsville. Yeah, they named it after him. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty solid. I mean, I mean, I heard people say yesterday this is a must win for these guys. I, it's not. I don't. I mean, it's a must win for Busher. Um, but you know, the first race there this year. Now it's not gonna be easy. Blaney averages thirty-seven point eight points in the last five races there. I went back and looked. Yeah. But the first race this year, Denny finished fourth. Blaney finished seventh. Denny made up fourteen points in that race just by Blaney didn't have any stage points. Denny finished like eighth and third or eighth and fourth in the two stages. So it's not impossible if Denny can go up there and or, or Martin, either one, um, and make you know get a bunch of stage points, and Blaney doesn't get a lot of stage points, and then you just beat him, you know. By, if you beat him by seven spots all day long, that's 21 points. So if you're Blaney, are you going for stage points? You uh, better. Yeah, you have to You have to maximize the day. And, it, and you're going to see that's the way, which, by the way, Chris Gabart, I thought, did a phenomenal, marvelous, terrific, outstanding job calling the race yesterday because we see a lot of monkey see, monkey do, especially at a place like Homestead, Darlington, where somebody pits and everybody follows them. And Gabart stayed loyal to the fact that I'm going to run, I'm going to split these stages in half. And it paid off because, you know, a lot of guys pit around 30 to 32. They ran to about 40, so then they had about eight lap better tires, and they – they netted positions, I think, every stage. You know, they, they came in, they'd be running eighth or ninth, drive back to seventh. Then they would come in like sixth or seventh, drive back to fourth in the last stage. Then they're sitting there second on the, after the pit stop on the last, you know, to start the last stage. So I thought Chris did a really good job yesterday. But, you know, you're going you're gonna to see this play out this week where they're going to essentially have to do the opposite of the 12. Like if the 12 is going to follow them for stage, if we, we see a caution before stage, and you see the 12's going to stay out or short, you know, he's going to stay out there for points, and you're only going to gain one on him, you might as well flip the stage and, and go for the race win. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But, yeah, I think the 12's got to do everything he can to maximize his points. Yeah, I, I think the pressure starts for these guys with qualifying as a driver because oh, you, you spend all week knowing if you don't qualify well, you're in a hole potentially for stage one and two, definitely for stage one. But if you're sitting here looking at this thing, Ryan Blaney, Tyler Reddick, Martin Truex, Denny Hamlin, if they don't qualify well, they're going to have to go in a must win. Yeah, and, and, and on top of all just track position, it's a pit selection. Pit selection is a big deal at Martinsville. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't want to write Tyler off. I think, like I said last week on here, this, you know, this week was Tyler's chance to really cement himself in there and then maybe have to play a little defense at Martinsville. We'll be he'll he'll be good there, you know. But I just think that he's gonna have to. It's an uphill battle for him more so than guys like Danny and and Martin that have been proven winners at that track. Experience the thrill of the racetrack like you're in the driver's seat with DraftKings Sportsbook. Bet on your favorite racers and feel the rush of every pass, pit stop, and victory like never before. Right now, new customers can turn five bucks into two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Bet five on anything to score big, no matter what goes down on the track. Here we go, TJ. Uh, Martinsville this week. Somebody's looking to punch their ticket to Phoenix. Yeah, Martinsville. It's going to be a great race, and you never know what's going to happen at the end there. Um, I've been a part of some bump and runs there and ended up pretty well for me, so I'm excited to see what the action is going to be on the track. Yeah, Stevie and the boys on Dirty Modell, they'll have, they'll have the stats for you, but what they can uh, you know, factor in is, is who's going to knock who out of the way late in the race there. So it'll be interesting to check that out, see who the, the, some of the favorites are, but going to be a wild weekend. With props, parlays, and more, there will be action to follow all race long. The racing action doesn't stop till the checkered flag drops. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and join with code DBC. New customers can bet $5 to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. That's code DBC, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. 
For state-specific disclaimers, check the show notes. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash autoracing for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Let's move into Spot on Spot Off. Spot on Spot Off. Spot Off. Spot on. <laughs> yeah, spot on. It was super fun yesterday to ride around there. And I am spot off. Damn. Where'd he come from? First topic. Christian Eckes is penalized by NASCAR for changing lanes too soon on a restart in the truck series race. Spot on, spot off, Freddie. Uh, man. I, I want to say spot off. I was told also to clarify this a little bit. He wasn't penalized for changing lanes. He was penalized for laying back. That's not that, what they called, though. I, I know, but there was, I guess somebody went and talked afterwards and said it was actually for the laying back, not the changing lanes. That's what I was told. <laughs> How could you call a penalty for changing lanes and then change your mind of what the penalty was later? Well, I mean, it, I, he probably did both of them. They just chose that one at the time. Uh, <clears throat> listen, which I, one did they say over the radio? Changing lanes. That's what matters. <laughs> so, you know, if you go back and look at this replay, it's as close as it can get, and I'm fine with it. If you're, but the problem is, it don't sound like you're it. setting. Well, no, I'm good. I'm good with it, but I'm not gonna be good with it after the next two weeks because you're setting a precedent going to two places where this happens every restart. That if somebody we just talked about this last week with Regan, you know you're penalizing. They penalized the 11. I'm sorry, they penalized the 19 when they easily probably could have penalized the 11 because they both moved at the same time. But you're penalizing him for being half a car out of line at the start finish line. He didn't he didn't break the plane of a bumper. He he was changing lanes, quote unquote. Cha- by the letter of the law, he was starting to change lanes just before the start finish line but he did not get completely out of line he, he was a half a car out of line probably at the start finish line and then had the momentum to get outside of him just after the start finish line but we're going to martinsville and phoenix where this happens every restart mm-hmm. dr dive bomb and you better now hold to this which i guess now you don't have you you open the door to get out of it because you now you're going to change you're going to claim that the penalty was for something else but you're this uh, it annoys me to no end to hear that they changed their mind and the penalty was for something we can't assume they changed their mind that's your (laughs) side like so it's just like we're gonna like we talked about last week brett on here uh, phoenix is the king of king of adeline look at ross chastain and and chase elliott last year (laughs) yeah Yeah. like so i got i got a picture of ty gibbs way below the line (laughs) before there so listen if you're gonna call if you're gonna call it that tight that's fine but you better call it that tight moving forward you've set the precedent this week and probably you know put this kid in the hole for his playoff future you know and obviously he spent on pit road and ruined his day but you you put him in a hole where he you know he probably had to be a little bit of panic mode for the second half of the race because of this penalty so now you you need to call this consistently moving forward i'm uh, i'm spot on for it because this is this is actually consistent from what i've seen with they did the same thing to Jesse Love at Kansas he was out i've got a i've got a video picture of it as well he was halfway out with a run i don't know if they actually penalize you um, I know they said it was for changing lanes. I don't know if they actually penalize you. If someone slams on their brakes and you move a little bit to miss them, but you don't gain anything. But if you have a run and you're halfway changing lanes and you have momentum to get to the guy, they're probably going to call it because the Jesse did the same thing at Kansas. He laid back a little bit, got running the truck race, and he started moving 
I mean, he was moving before the start finish line, and that's what the rule says: no changing lanes. And he had momentum. I, like I said, I don't think um, you know guys get checked up, suddenly misses a shift, you move out, you get back in, you don't get anything. I'm not sure they call that, but if you do both of those things and combine with each other, I think you're getting called for it. Uh, and I'm fine with that. As yeah, long just stay as, with it. As long as it's, but the, it happens moving forward. There's probably some that were missed, and I know there's some that are missed. And if it's going to be police like that, it needs to be pretty strict. Like, you know, if your guy's going to move, he's moving, penalize him. Um, I mean, I there was some times this year where uh, it, Loudon, Chandler, your guy, below that, he's I moving. Know about. I know. I didn't figure it in. I got a picture <laughs> of it, too, if you want to see it. But um, I, Nope. <laughs> I'm sitting there like looking at it. He's no further out than what Christian probably was, and he's got momentum making a pass. And the, the, Listen, nothing. if you watch that replay, at the same exact time, <clears throat> the 11 and the 19 who's on the bottom – Split, but is this, is this a race director thing or is it everyone? It's a judgment run? call. Y'all know this. I know, but is y'all it, act surprised? Is it like just a, is it the race director's judgment call? Or is it absolutely that? okay? So I mean, I guess it's like it, I don't think that. it's the race. I think it's that it's it's committee. The committee, the committee's back. Yeah, because because they don't call it immediately. It's it's called you know a lap or later or whatever it is, half a lap, whatever it is. They <laughs> they they have a, a committee meeting up there and talk about it because yeah. I think it's at the end of the day it's the, the Wayne ser- was probably oh, mad. He well, had to be it's the series anyway. directors calling him. He wasn't there, so wouldn't <laughs> you? Was, yeah. Wayne Otten's now making that call. Wouldn't you need to have multiple people looking on this if you're a race director nope. and you have a whole field that you have should to look be at? one person should be one person. But somebody else should be keeping an eye on it. I mean, you, you're one person. Freddie, do you think that you can keep track of the entire <coughs> no. field? You no, can't, you, you can't. You can't. You need more than one person to be watching right. the race. So but the does call need to should be, be one person's call. Right, just hold on a minute. If you bring me the video, Casey, it should be my call. Yeah. It should okay. not be I'm a fine call. with that. Agreed, agreed yes. but you it's just not, said that you were delayed. He was delayed in saying it, which meant that he needed somebody to share that. Which they're the ones who said they have a committee. I'm saying that that's how you know that it's discussed. Like, it's yeah. it's... You know, nobody's going to see everything, but when it Casey should be brought to me. one person. I'm not the one that said they had a committee, Casey. They said it. Don't yeah. be mad at me. Well, they I, well, you can tell when something's happening because it restarts under review. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's whenever you're waiting for it. So most of the time that's front row stuff. But And, and, and you're in that situation, you're, you're hyper-focused on it probably because you know the guys in front of them stayed out on old tires. So you know there's going to be some movement here. You know, this is what Sheldon. we got to focus on. Yeah, <laughs> that was it was a good call. But I like, mean, it was yeah. a, it was a, it was they were trying to win the race. If the caution comes out any point, yeah, near the end he of the wins. race, he's going to win. Yeah. Well, on a similar topic, NASCAR waits to throw the caution for a tire sitting on pit road late in the Xfinity Series race. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Um, was this after I was out? Uh, probably. It's the it was the last caution, I think. It was oh, a tire yeah. sitting on the outside of pit road. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I was probably driving in my car, so I didn't see it. So the, they we have a green flag cycle, and they, I saw. I couldn't. I wish I knew how many laps it was. Just uh, without having without going I think back. Joel knows. Watch Joel. <clears throat> Joel said it was twenty five. I don't know that it was twenty five. It was a long time. It was not two. I can tell you that much. It was. It was more than five. Probably more than ten. Uh, we had a green flag cycle, and a tire must have got away and rolled out against the outside wall. And then we ran and ran and ran until the 11 car, who was on a different strategy than everybody because he burned a set of tires. He pit and somebody else pit. There's a couple guys that were staying out that were probably trying to catch a caution. And then as soon as they cycled through, we threw the yellow flag. And So the cycle was allowed to finish before the caution was thrown. Yes. And I have a problem with that. 
because we've talked about on here before. This is not an entertainment flag. This is a caution flag. And if that tire out there is unsafe at lap 15 of a run, it's unsafe at lap one of that run. or whatever. Whenever that tire goes out there, if you deem that that's unsafe, throw the caution flag then. I don't care you screw, you screw. what the situation is on the racetrack. It's the, it, those are the brakes. That's what happens. Um, and sometimes, you know, people stay out and catch cautions. That's what happens in our sport. When people drive, you know, Sheldon Creed, Pitt, hoping to catch a caution late. And I didn't, didn't think get the one. sand was a big deal. I yeah. think we should have kept racing. <laughs> but, you know, it, it like it's we, we beat this horse to death on here. But it's if that is a caution, it is a caution the second it happens, not a caution ten laps later. And I don't think it's a, we've seen it before. If you're going to be consistent, you got to throw that caution because you're not going to send somebody out there to get the tire while we're under green because God knows what could happen. It was fairly close to the end of pit wall too. I think it was only I don't know eight or nine stalls in, so you know it's fairly close to the end of pit wall. So somebody could slide down there, and we've seen what happened with Larson. So you don't want to do that under your green. But as soon as that thing's sitting out there, you see it. And you, you know they've seen it. There's how many officials on pit road. You got cameras everywhere. It's hard to see from the booth. I'll give you that. You know we could. I couldn't see it up against the wall from the from the tower. But you got to throw the caution. Like, I just don't. I don't think you should throw the caution for it at that point. Sitting out there by the wall like that, like nothing's gonna. I go think there. you have to throw the caution because if somebody comes down pit road and God forbid that thing moves and you hit it and launch it into a pit box, you're gonna hurt a lot of people. I, I, I have no problem with throwing that caution. But you need to throw the caution when it happens if you deem that that's unsafe. I just know that there's a lot of room for a tire to get away on a pit stop for a car that don't matter just to get a caution for somebody else. Well, I, get, I get it. You know, what do you do at that point? Get, you, you have to throw the yellow. It's unsafe. That it's, it, this is not a f- race altar flag. This and is a caution flag. Caution, it goes, safety. It goes back to consistency too. I mean, they call it for every other race. It's, this is, a, this. the caution flag is caution. Like something's wrong. Something's happening. It's for safety purposes. It's not for, hey, you know what? We're going to let this pit cycle play out. Then we'll throw the yellow. That's not the way this should go. Right. Um, I disagree with TJ because the tire is out there. It is a large piece of debris. It is in a groove where it could be in contact with another truck. Is it likely? No. Car. But if it's <laughs> if it's out there, it's out there. There, there isn't. This is black and white. It should not be a let's save somebody's race. It's man, we have debris. Drop the caution. We see it. We see this happen all the time. Though. Doesn't matter if it's on the racetrack, on pit road. They don't want to have a complete cluster f- on their hands, on their computers, on the television. Slow the race down for twelve minutes because they don't know who belongs where on the racetrack. When they, if they throw a caution, Casey, and people are coming on pit road, leaving pit road, sitting on pit road and under green, holy confusion. So they're trying to save that, but to the integrity of the game, I agree. When you see it, you throw it. And to me, that goes back to exactly what we just said. That should be one person's decision. And I said in the NASCAR hauler with these two guys sitting beside of me a long time ago that we don't even know who's calling the shots in these races. Because we don't know who to come to talk to after the fact. And this this goes back to that. So I don't want to sit here and bitch about it anymore because Freddie bitched about it enough for me and TJ and Brandon and Andrew and you. But I, I do agree. When you see it, you throw it. And who you screw, you screw. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, Brett, they can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And, and there's really no shame these days in, in, in getting help when you need it. It can, man. And you got to be careful and uh, you don't want to carry that around by yourself. That's where these guys come in handy. Whether you've been in therapy uh, or new to the process, BetterHelp will give you the tools 
and to positive thinking and coping skills and how to manage those boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. Therapy is not just for those with major traumas. You know, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out one brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash bumper today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bumper. Spot on, spot off. Kyle Larson didn't need to be as aggressive trying to catch Blaney coming on to pit road. Brett. Boy, I wish y'all could have seen this one on TV. Freaking Steve Latart and Dale Jr. were just, they just were 100% sold on the fact that Dave, uh, Dave Blaney. God, what year is it? <laughs> Ryan Blaney <laughs> slowed down way car? too much. He overslowed and caused Kyle Larson to hit him in the ass. He just, he won on me. Before they went to commercial break, it was 100% Ryan Blaney's fault that this thing ever happened. Here's the thing I love about Kyle Larson. He's in, I think this is because of where he came from, his background on dirt, like those short races. He's in 100% go mode all the time. This is what makes him so freaking special. He's sitting on a win. He's chasing another win, and he said during, during his media availability this week, they said, how much did you work on Phoenix this week versus Homestead? He said, Homestead, 100%, Phoenix, zero. Why? Because he knows he's the best driver in this field. He knew he had a chance to win this race. He knew he lost it when he lost track position. He's trying to get it back right here. I don't think Ryan Blaney did a single thing wrong, by the way, uh, and I don't think you know Kyle Larson did anything wrong other than trying too hard, and he overcharged it, and he had got there, and he had to decide. Hit Ryan Blaney really hard in the ass or take a right. And he took a right. He still clipped Ryan, which barely screwed his body up, even though he nailed him in the right rear. Uh, obviously, he hit the tires. TJ saw the sand and the water and all that stuff blow out there. But up until this point, this race hadn't really been that good. So this really changed the dynamic of the race. Obviously, it changed the flow of the cautions, the restarts. Um, people kept taking the bottom for some reason after this and losing the lead. I couldn't figure out why in the hell that kept happening. But for Kyle Larson, man, this guy was – uh, is the best racer in the field at that particular track, and he is desperate to win. The, I, that's what fans pay to see. I think the bottom was three to one at one point on restarts. Um, but uh, yeah, and to be say call over aggressive, like spot off, like he was, he need, like he's only there for one reason. He's there to win the race, and that's his opportunity to make up ground, hopefully get closer. Maybe pits his pit stops have been phenomenal all year, so there they can hopefully maybe jump the twelve on pit road. And once you, if you, if the race plays out green from there, that's deciding the race right there. It's going to be between the five and the twelve, and if he gets out in front of whoever gets out in front of who, is probably going to win the race. Um, I'm gonna ask you something right here. Go ahead. Who, who runs out of talent more than Kyle Larson does? I don't, I don't know. I hate to say he runs out of talent. He, he did, just, he did, just oversteps. Did he run like, out of talent the other day? Yesterday, did he? Is that running out of talent? I think I don't think he was ever out of control. He made up forty I car think, lengths. I think that he panicked and and decided, like you said, I'm not going to wreck the twelve because it's not the twelve's fault that I'm spiraling in here. And like to your point, I've seen somebody said, and I don't know how accurate it is, but I have to go back and look at SMT. Blaney's. Somebody said on TV they're showing. You know, they're talking about Blaney overslowed way too much, and he was like right at forty five mile an hour at the start at the pit road entry, and here comes Kyle flying in there. Um, but he made a conscious decision to 
Rick himself versus Rick Ryan. And, and, and he said at the end, of, he was in control the whole time. And I think he would have been speeding. If, if the 12's not there, he's going he's gonna to blow that first section, I think. Did you see already at the barrels? Yeah. But I'm he just was going to be speeding. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, he, he, I don't even know. I don't know what he did inside, whether he let off the brake at that point, trying to get back to the right or whatnot. But, um, I, you know, it's, it's hard to say that he ran out of talent. It's just like he he's almost too talented for his own good. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like he feels like there's not a position he could put himself in where he's going to be in trouble. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, like, like it's like, you know, I, I had a friend jazzy that, that does a lot of sim work. He works for Truex now. And he's like, no driver out there can be as good as my sim because my sim driver runs at a hundred percent every lap. Well, Kyle Larson runs at 103% every lap. And I think that's what this is. But but how many times, though, TJ, does he make an error in races? Well, I just like the part where you said, I don't think he did anything wrong yesterday other than get pit road too hard, hit some barrels, and take himself out of the race. But, no, nah, he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm spot off for it. But Blaney, I thought, did hit pit road. In practice, Blaney, his first shot at pit road, he missed. He overdrove it and had to go around again and try it again. So, and when you're running good in that race, and Blaney can't afford leading, Blaney can't afford none of them guys really, except for Larson. None of them guys can afford a bad race right now. And you see where it puts you. If Blaney, you know, overcooks pit road there, he's finishing. He's way back. Who knows? Um, he gets put back there in, in the soup like we were, and you get doored, and you run it. You know, then you're in the wall, and then you're done. So I don't know. Um, it's just. So I, I thought Blaney did a good job of doing controlling what he can control. If Larson gets in there and beats him, and he finishes second to him all day, okay, great. And we're Blaney, finished second anyway, right? Yeah, yeah. So Blaney needed a solid day. A win would have been awesome, but he needed a top three day, and that's what he got. But though, like what you just talked about, though, is I don't know. I think he's his own worst enemy sometimes. Just tries too hard, and that hundred three percent, that three percent sneaks up once in a while and gets him. And I know he wants to win. And I mean, I love watching. Everything he goes and races, the dirt late models, the midgets, the sprint cars. I mean, he's fun to watch and everything. But that 3% in in our races right now, you can't afford that. If you if you that 3% is what's gonna what's gonna cost him at some point. And luckily luckily that three percent happened at a certain spot that it did at, at Vegas. Otherwise he's probably not winning that race. If that thing happens five car lengths earlier or later, he's probably backing into the wall or something he had a great save afterwards but the wall is what saved him in the beginning you know it was so awesome to, well, yeah no before it was he great. got there i mean he makes up 30 40 car lengths you're like holy cow he's coming it's almost like he turned in a little bit too early and it kind of narrowed up that approach to pit road and that's when he kind of had so much more speed i don't but, think he was making the speed line but you know that that three I mean, percent i don't either i don't, think I don't either but this is what makes i mean kyle larson is what makes these races he, fun to watch oh, he I'm, had you know he's doing that two reasons he he's only there to win the race and he has nothing to lose so if he blows through the you know if he's if he makes up 40 cars and gets down to you know gets down to speed great now i can jump this guy on pit road if he doesn't Oh well, I'm still at Homestead, but it's still it's not worth wrecking yourself there. Well, though. I mean, he, it's I, not I worth don't it. think he intended to go in there and wreck himself. He's intended. But what I'm saying is, is that I know he made a mistake. He screwed up, but like he's he's just being overly aggressive, trying because he knows he's got to close that gap or his race is over. He's only there to win the so race. So what what happened to Vegas? But what, was that with us? No, whenever he spun out trying to, we were started. He was running us down. Leading, we were leading the race. He's running us down. 
And then he burned his stuff up, and we started pulling away. And that's when he spun out. Is when we started pulling away because he—you could see he was loose. Like, oh, I, I mean, like, like he just like I said, he's almost too talented for his own good. He thinks he can do stuff that the car can't handle at times, which is awesome. Yeah, that's no, it's fun. Want. That's fun to watch. <laughs> Imagine for if sure. everybody tried to get to pit road that good. Yeah. How exciting it would be. <laughs> Spot on, spot off. Is Bell someone you expected to go this far in the playoffs at the beginning of the season? And what about at the beginning of the playoffs? Freddie? Uh, yeah, I picked him in my final four, the beginning of the playoffs. Um, listen, he's got the recipe, what you need to be successful. Great driver, great crew chief, great team, fast race cars. That's, that's what you need. He's got it. He's the one that first, he said it yesterday. I listened to the beginning of the teardown on the way to home last night. And he said, like, good race, you know, I, I, if I have a fast race car, I look good. If I don't have a fast race car, I don't look good. Um, so, you know, he, he's performing as he should, you know, and, and, and they step up in big moments. You know, this is the third time now where, you know, last year, Roval, three places that he really doesn't really enjoy, honestly. He's not a big fan of the Roval. I don't think he goes out there and wins in a must win. Martinsville, not a super, you know, not a lot of success there. Goes out, wins in a must win last year. Yeah. This race yesterday, he's struggling. Like, he was decent the first stage. He's back there with us, second stage, about to go a lap down. And then, boom, they get a, they get a good caution. You know, I'm sure he caught that caution the same way we did, get some track position back. And here you go. He's in position to win the race when, when the 11 and 12 start racing the hell out of each other on restart. He takes off, clean air, win the race. Um, so he capitalizes on a moment. They, they obviously had the car good when they needed to. And, and I don't think he's outseated, uh, exceeding any expectations because this is, this is, I think, what he should be doing. Five wins in the last two years. Seems like all those wins come in big moments, and this is a big moment for him to win. Gives himself a week off, realistically, to get ready for Phoenix, his team or so, to work on that car for Phoenix. I mean, we've talked about before, the guy who wins that first race of the playoff when in a round of eight, man, it really sets him up for the championship. And now you got two studs that are locked into well, this thing. And that's I, I might change my wooden idiot if, if Larson was serious about putting 100% effort into Homestead and none into Phoenix because that's dumb. Because, that's I mean, that's real dumb. <laughs> I'm a, I don't know, I, he definitely has been, just when you kind of think he's out, done, and here he comes back, and he just wins a race. So this race kind of worked out, like apparently he was losing his mind at, earlier in the race. Um, I guess the they played stage, some, they were playing some of his radio clips, and that's not like, that's, I mean, you got to control that stuff, because look what happens. You, you got to control that stuff. You can't think you're out of it when you're running like that, and, and just start having those ty- those those moments on the radio like that. Just realize that it, it can change, just like that. So, um, but you know, for him to his car is definitely fast enough, and he's good enough to be when you put him in them positions to capitalize on. That's what he did yesterday. I mean, I don't think if that yellow doesn't happen, I don't think Chris Bell wins that race. He's he's gonna have to figure it out at Phoenix though. He's not been great there. Last year he made the final four. He qualified seventeenth. Yeah, I picked him. He sucked. I think he only got like. One stage, he got some points. I think he finished tenth. Yeah. But he, but to your point, he has an extra week to prepare this year. You know, last year he didn't know he was in until he won Martinsville. Yeah. So now this year you've got, you know, you've got basically two weeks to get ready for Phoenix. So hopefully it'll be a little bit better. And you know, the the only question mark on this team, like I said, great driver, great crew, uh, great crew chief, great team. Our buddy Sherwood's over there. Um, you know, pick crew. Pit crew's kind of been the Achilles heel and maybe across the board at, at Joe Gibbs Racing. Like, the 19 had a, had some struggles yesterday, I think. So, you know, that, which that, is, that's... Which is not normal for them. That's the question mark. But yeah, didn't they change... So, didn't they change pit crews, which is why they swapped. Chris Kerr's done well with Ty, right? 
they swap with Ty, and then I don't know that they didn't swap back, but they yeah, or they, sure. they they didn't swap back, but they had issues right away again, you know. So it's just they they because it's gonna Phoenix is gonna come down to a money pit stop. That's that no matter what, if it's the last green, if it's the last stop before a long green flag run, or if there's a green white checker, even after stage two, yeah, it's gonna. That's what I'm saying. Like it like, could be, it, that it's, could be it. It's gonna be come down to a pit stop at some point, and you have to be on your game because we're seeing the five and the twenty four teams are money right now. And you're going to have to go heads up with them at some point yeah. in this race. And we've seen it. We've seen it change like that. I mean, I don't know how many years ago it was. Brad Brad was probably going to win the championship. Has a bad pit stop. Last stop. Loses it that way. Um, it can it can flip that quick, man. So Casey, what do you do to celebrate when Christopher wins? I'm curious. Look at Andrew's neck. <laughs> classy. Wow. Real classy. I didn't mean it was him, but maybe we should see Chad's neck. <laughs> What does one thing have to do with the other? Yeah, I don't know where you're going. So you think when he wins, that Casey's like, Chad, come suck on my neck. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> you're you obviously have not spent my, a lot of time Changing my wood idiot for the third time in this race. Um, no, we are very happy for him and Morgan, for sure. Oh, She ripped that thing off his nose. Did you see that? I did. She I did? did? But, but what, I have mean, like a those breather things. Right yeah. What was it? She comes ripping in, gives him some kisses, and then rips this thing off his it, nose. Well, I mean... Oh, the first like, guys after they win, like straight Kyle, up Talladega Nights moment. Those pre write pre. Do those actually work? I've never worked yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> helped him. Yeah, that's that's what got him. hundred percent. It was the breathe right. He was. Yeah. They put they pit for four tires and a breathe right on the last stop, <laughs> and, and then she just ripped it right <laughs> off of him. Wait, Freddie. Speaking of, did Bubba? Uh, did he ask for Dr Pepper the last he pit did. stop? Uh, under the red flag. Mm. Yeah, that's um, code word. <laughs> no, it was it was legit. No, they posted it. He, yeah, uh, they he, got him Dr. He, he's a he is a weird character when it comes to hydration. He would just, rather just hydration. He yeah, that too. <laughs> but he would rather drink. I remember when he was younger, like truck series. Uh, he wouldn't drink water. Like just wouldn't do it. What would he like, drink? Got it. Coke. Coke or Dr. Pepper, whatever it was. And I'm like, ah. I mean, eventually this has got to clean up a little bit. <laughs> I don't think this is a good uh, dietary oh plan. Uh, but yeah, so yesterday he, had, well, it was only, I don't even know what there was left, 20 or 30 to go on that red flag for, for Larson. Special sauce. And he said, I, give me a Dr. Pepper on ice on a, in a bottle. So they did. So that much <laughs> that way. I mean, and he got up on the wheel and drove back to the top five after that. So maybe we need to do that. Maybe more that's Dr. Peppers and breathe right strips. <laughs> <laughs> All you uh, racers out there that are trying to work your way up, do not take his advice. Ryan Blaney called Denny Hamlin a hack following the race after close <laughs> racing between the 12 and the 11 cars. You want my time that's on this all, one that's too, not all, That's not all he called him. I, yeah. I, I, Freddy, what else did he say? Freddie's spot on, spot off. You should go back and listen to his audio after Denny hits Is the wall. Good? Called him a <laughs> kid. Yeah. <laughs> you can say <laughs> kid on here. Uh, uh, yeah, no, probably no, can't. <laughs> Yeah, nope. that's a double bleep. He called right him a there. penis head, Richard head. Richard. <laughs> we say Richard head, penis head, Richard head, uh, Richard head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. We can't say. Uh, I guess and then no. Head. No, I'm just gonna mark this whole minute to monitor. <laughs> Please mark it. Well, so, we just want people to know what he called it. So yeah, so I guess I didn't see it they live. Were, oh, they were duking. I was I, watching it. I, it was so fun I, to watch. I, I, the, Going by some of the audio I heard, it must have been pretty exciting. Uh, it was. But yeah, so they wreck, and then uh, Blaney says, uh, F that Richard head. 
And and then afterwards, I see he called him a hack, and I think it's great. They were they were literally. I, I mean, listen, this is what we want out of oh, these guys. Was, We've been begging for somebody <laughs> to say what they're thinking, and Blaney finally gives it to us. You know, all these other guys get out of pit. Oh, you know, just racing. He's like, no, screw that guy. Dude, you know, like <laughs> I'm telling you, they were. I was enjoying the show. We were. This is after we got um, put in the wall, and so I'm. Uh, I'm kind of. I'm like, oh, they're racing pretty hard. So I just kept watching them, and they were. Um, Squeezing each other out of four. Uh, Denny tried to, he tried to slide job him into one and he came up and he did stop. I will, I mean, Denny put it right out. He did, he did what he's really good at. He put Blaney in a tough spot, but Blaney, in a, in a very skilled way, reacted to it perfectly and stayed right there where Denny was planning on washing him up a little bit and, and Ryan timed it perfectly and did exactly what he had to do to stay on the outside of Denny right there. It was two guys racing really hard. Then it got to the point where they were, you know, Denny got inside him out of four and turned to the bottom, and Ryan chased him down. It was like, but that, I mean, that happens in every truck series race, every straightaway. So yeah. that's nothing new. But it was, I enjoyed watching it. Those are two guys that are highly talented with fast cars, not wanting to give, and that's what that is good racing. Let me ask you this: I didn't see it because we were, I don't know, we were probably tenth or twelfth, so I didn't. We were racing back there. Did they? That's when Bell got both of them in one shot, right? There was a front row restart. He went to the – so I, this is where I think Denny screwed up. I didn't see the They restart. were going down the back too wide after racing their tails off. Bell's coming with a run but not a massive run, and I think Denny thought maybe Christopher wouldn't make it three wide, and if he did, he wouldn't have enough momentum to clear him. It was very obvious Denny didn't necessarily want to run the bottom because he was entering so high, which he's one of the best at that anyway. But he enters above the middle, and Christopher Bell goes down the bottom and just clears them both and gone. See ya. Hmm. Yeah, this car, this car. Uh, one thing that probably makes this track good, racy is this car actually it, it does wrap the bottom and the middle a little bit better than the old car. I think a little bit more. So even on long runs, like you could see some guys get on and use the middle still, and it, it's tough, but um, it definitely makes the racing really exciting. And watching, I mean, these guys are within inches of each other up on the exit of the corner, and it's it's. Um, we have we have two special racetracks. Darlington and Homestead. Homestead's one of them. For this sure. is this is just one of the most special racetracks in America of the mile and a half that are out there. Yeah, and I, I seen people like so I got a tweet last night that I can't believe you guys said this is the race was where we the championship should be. This place this place is boring. I'm like, I get it. There's no rate. I don't know anywhere we go that a hundred percent of the race is edge of your seat. You know, can't, I mean Daytona, Talladega, maybe even that place they, they get right. I mean Daytona, we single out by the wall. Yeah, well, what so, do you want to do like, there? Like. This place, when it comes down to it, you see fast cars be able to make moves. You know, it's just I, I don't know and how TV you can doesn't have a do better, it justice. Really? TV does not do this place justice. Well, that's no. a shame. It's a it it's can't. A, I mean, it, it TV hot, can't do slick. it, especially when yeah. they're only covering playoff. I mean, guys. If, you, if you just sit where uh, you sit on our point of view, looking down into turn one. We go into turn one, even like late in the run. There's there, there's cars in six different lanes. It seems All like you over know? the place. Like, what I one thing I like that I miss about the Cup car is seeing in the Xfinity race. You can tell when them guys start throttling up. You can see the car start to, and you know that guy's like on the edge right there. You don't the Cup cars. You don't see that drive it sideways. The thing start rotating on the throttle. Those things are because they're, they're downshifting and standing well, wide up with the gas. And yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You don't have that like that whoa this thing's really powerful here you don't have it's just that twitch and they either spin out or they you know they you don't see it hello downshifting hey door bumper clear fans it's mike davis here president of dirty mo media and co-host of the dell jr download listen do us a favor 
The next time you buy merchandise, do it with RacingUSA.com. Every item is discounted every single day, so you never need a coupon code. You're guaranteed the industry's lowest die-cast pre-order prices, and you get your order fast since every in-stock order is shipped the next business day. They're Google's top-rated store for NASCAR merchandise, and like I said, huge supporters of Door Bumper Clear, your favorite podcast. So, with that being said, let's get back to the spotters. For Kevin Harvick's final start at Homestead, the Kevin Harvick number four Ford Mustang featured a really cool Budweiser paint scheme, just like the one he piloted to clinch the 2014 title at Homestead, Miami. You can now go to RacingUSA.com and order a limited edition die-cast replica of Kevin's awesome throwback paint scheme from this past weekend's race at Homestead, Miami. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, bud, it's time for the AMA. Let's move on to the DPC A main. And did you guys watch that late model race last night? Uh, no, I didn't. Only because I was flying. Yeah, we were probably flying home. Was that the Eldora race? It was the uh, the championship race for the. Yeah. Uh, was it Lucas Oil? Well, yes. Um, it was a one race shootout essentially for the championship. They went to like a a cup format. Yeah. Where they. Eliminated. Oh, now, nice. They're now down and to three or four guys. Ricky Thornton Jr. loses it when I mean he. Every, everyone thought that was that was the guy to win. Hmm. Well, I, I was talking. We unfortunately we ran into Kyle Strickler a couple weeks ago at the bar. Well, that's that's we'll see you know, that guy again. You know, <laughs> and, that and all he was telling the, me. He said that yeah, that started a lot of stuff. But he's <laughs> he was telling me that you know Ricky Thornton's obviously dominated the year. He's like he's the guy in late models right now. But he's not very good at Eldora. So it's kind of, you know, it sucks mm. for him that he dominates the whole season. Then we make this race, this championship about one race. And, and I'm assuming he didn't win, right? So I guess he, he was not. spot on with his, you know, assessment of it. So who won? Hudson O'Neill won the championship. Hudson oh, O'Neill. Oh, little Huddy. Yeah. Uh, in the, uh, he's he, like the he's fan. in the Rocket House car, right? Is he's that like, right? He's in the Rocket House car, I think. Um, little fan favorite there, too. Yeah, yeah. All, all those guys are. That guy That guy made me a lot of money in the Chili Bowl pool a couple <laughs> years ago. He, he was like, a, nobody ever heard of him, and he was like a, I don't even group eight guy or something. And, yeah. And ran really well. But, uh, yeah, that race, I, I didn't get to see that race. I was here flying home. I saw the finish of the Outlaw race the other night at Devil's oh Bowl. Oh, my gosh. What a last a, race. photo finish. Last Dude. race at Devil's yep. Bowl. Yeah. Shout uh, out to whoever tagged us in that photo. That was a Was a it Gravel? Gravel won. Oh, yeah. Gravel beat McFadden. Yeah. 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 Yep. McFadden got held up by lap cars in the last corner just enough. And, I mean, it won by like a foot. Like, it was so, one across the line. So, back to the late really model race. Really good race. Do you, we've had some comments around the format of the NASCAR championship and if it maybe. Should there shouldn't be a last a, a one race deal to get that championship? Do you agree on the late model side as well that maybe it shouldn't be a one race no, deal? No, I don't think it should. I don't think you should ever determine your season long champion on a one race 
deal. And like I like the I, you know the you look at golf. They do that FedEx deal, and then they get to the you know they, it's season long points, and then they get to the last race or the last tournament, and they give the the point leader essentially he starts like strokes ahead of everybody else. You know, I, I just I don't know. I hate the fact that you can just have. But you know, if we're trying to be like every other sport, that's how every other sport is. A, a wild card team can get hot and make a run to the Super Bowl. You know, you're seeing it right now. The Diamondbacks are probably the. I think they got the worst record in the playoffs, and they're in their game six tonight against the Phillies. So yeah. if you're trying to make it like other sports, it's great. Gives you that game seven moment. As a NASCAR traditionalist, I hate it. I I, I do like. You know, there's not a lot of things that, that Freddie does that I like, but I do think the like a three race deal at the end, you know, makes a different tracks. Even if Phoenix is in that, I don't care. But go to, you know, go to the last three Martinsville, Phoenix, Homestead. Fine, let's run those three and pick the final four going into it. You know, with those last three races, let's let them race it out in them races. Yeah, and you can narrow your field down too. Then you know what I mean. You can narrow. You know, we talked about a sixteen too many. You could start with twelve, and then you eliminate. You know, four and four, and then you got. Th- it could be left. more than four if you want. Yeah. I don't care. But, but I'm just saying, you, you have three rounds of you know four four, and then you got four guys left for the last three races, whatever it is. But I just, I don't know. I can't. You know, I, it just bothers me. You, know, you look at take the trucks for for instance. You know, I think. Um, Majeski was the dominant truck all year. We didn't see a lot of speed out of him after he got busted with his deal, um, but. You know, Hosevar and 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 uh, Heim have been really fast. Like Ben Rhodes, like has been just an average guy this year, and he could easily go out and win a championship now. You know, like not he's that I have anything against Ben Rhodes, but what has he done he's to deserve actually, to be uh, the champion? He's good at Phoenix too. Yeah, that's what I'm so saying. Like, he's, he's like the all guy or a Phoenix hit the truck series. You know, yeah. you can you go win Phoenix, and now you erase everything you did all and have a mediocre year to to now you're a champion. Like I, I just yeah. don't like that. <clears throat> well. Tons of and I like Ben Rhodes. By the way, I don't. I'm not disparaging him. I'm just using him as an example of you know somebody that didn't that not been the fastest truck all year, and now yeah. he's racing for a championship. Ben, Ben's a good dude. He's he's goofy and funny. Oh, I, actually, I hope he wins again so we get another. Call him goofy. He is goofy. You don't remember that interview? Oh yeah, he's yeah. yeah I want to see Ben. drunk again. Well, he's a dad now. He won't do that. He lives in Kentucky, right? You can't drink when you're a dad. No, I'm just saying. I, I was trying to give him an excuse. Oh, <laughs> I was just saying. I've seen seen somebody do it quite often. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Ben will send us some bourbon since he's from Kentucky. I think he's from Kentucky, right? He is. I don't know. Oh, Louisville, hundred percent. No idea. Yeah, yeah. Tons more <laughs> dirt racing action on Dirt Vision this weekend and this week. We've got Millbridge this week. You can catch us. Also, every Wednesday, catch our show on TV. What's this week? Millbridge. Okay. I enjoyed, I enjoyed that lady on the uh, download. Yeah. Yeah, we talked Ashley. about last week. Ashley, she's great. Don't forget to catch <laughs> us every Wednesday on Dirt Vision as well as tons more. Freddie, are we going to the action. Outlaw Race in Charlotte Thursday? Yeah, Thursday. That's next or, Thursday. Next yeah. Are we in town still? Yeah, I am. Phoenix. I think so. I yep. thought I thought everybody uh and I wanted to take Bodie that so bad. I thought there's stuff on the track on Thursday. I'm in Indy. We got FFA. So. Unless you got Arca maybe. Nah, I'm a Brett's doing my Arca car. <laughs> <laughs> I, I plan on going. Arca. I haven't I don't even look far enough ahead to see the schedule. Could you imagine if I walked on a spotter stand for an Arca practice? No. I can't imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> like whole roof would be like, what the hell is he doing? Something here? wrong. Brett, it's Arca, not Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First topic for Ask DBC. No, we got Reaction Theater. I'm sorry. It's, I don't have it printed. I'm just kind of rolling with it. Let's move on to Reaction Theater. You know what we didn't have this week with Brett being gone? We didn't have to deal with him breathing into the 
fucking microphone all the time. I can't stand it when somebody else is trying to talk or make a point and you have Darth Vader in the background. On. Jesus. Somebody give him like a, a mute button or explain to him he can back away from the microphone or something like that. Caller, I am your father. Uh, <laughs> I don't think people realize when they do that, it's just going to get worse. <laughs> people have not realized that about Brett in general. Like, if you tell Brett he's bothering you, guess what? Wait a minute. Wait till you see Halloween pictures next week. Yeah. Are you going to be Vader? No, I'm not. Are you, are you out of town for Halloween? Is that, did you yep. tell me that? Way to go. Yeah. Sorry. Man, is everyone looking forward to Martin Truex Jr. just upsetting the system? We've got finishes of 18th, 36, 19th, 17th, 18th, 20th, 9th, and 29th. So if he goes into Martinsville, essentially wins his way in, then wins Phoenix. Does NASCAR freak the hell out and change the playoff system again? Honestly. I mean, this is like Kansas, but the opposite version, having a good regular season and in the postseason. So, does this make them change the format again? No. No, it shouldn't. This makes, this makes what Freddie said right, though. Like, it's a... Uh it's a one-race championship deal. So, does he deserve to be in the Final Four? I mean, probably not. But if nah. he wins freaking Martinsville or Google gets, you know, 55 points, he probably does. Before the playoffs started, the 19 and the 24 were everybody's favorites. So, to say he doesn't really deserve it compared to the regular season that he's had is probably not really fair because he was – those two were, the champ, the, were supposed to duke it out for the championship. So – he had a great regular season, and this is why he's still even on this sheet right now is because yeah. of how good he was the first 28, whatever race. How many is it? 25, 28 races? 26 races. <clears throat> 26 races. Martin was lights out and won this championship or won the regular season championship because of that. Yeah, and so and at, to that point, he's not in the owner's championship anymore. He's out. He was out last round, you know, yeah. at the end of this round. So, or in the last round. So... <sighs> <laughs> so yeah, I the, the the format like I think they have it the best. I'd like to see less cars maybe and a three race a three race playoff, but the format is what it is and I think it's rewards you for having a stellar regular season. <laughs> what an incredible contribution. <laughs> I mean, I'd ex- I'd take this at the same level as everything else he provides to the show. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Hey, Kyle Larson, you Nimrod, great job. Your little incident on pit road changed the whole dynamic of the race and ended up being very bad for my driver, Denny. Now you better start using your head. That's that love that's bleeping above your ass! Whoa. This is a guy uh, that I know he's a Denny, Denny's fan, but what happened to Denny had nothing to do with Kyle Larson. I, yeah, I was, uh, uh, but, wow. But uh, that sounds like a guy to me that had some money on Kyle Larson at some point yesterday. Yeah, he, that's an angry elf right there. <laughs> hey, I will say this. That's one thing about the broadcast. I feel like the NFL does such a great job of it. And actually, let me back up. College football lays out all these amazing bets. And the NFL yesterday, last night I noticed that uh, some guy came on and said the, the tight end is going to have over 40 and a half yards. I feel like our TV with Dirty Mo Doe, like they could use Latart to really take these matchups and talk about them. You know what I mean? I mean, it happens on the NFL broadcast. It happens on the NCAA broadcast. Why aren't we highlighting the fact that you could have Kyle Larson yesterday against William Byron, right? Because I feel like some of those things are they, – They bring they, it up. They make it more fun. I mean, because it, it, DraftKings does it. Like, there's so many ways to have fun with it. I, yeah, and I've listened to a few episodes, but, and they bring it up, but a lot of times they don't have the matchups when they record. You know, they say like they're coming I'm saying out. TV needs to do it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like in every other broadcast, NCAA, it's all they talk about on Saturday mornings. Yeah. That whole they, they should have an entire segment. game day show is all about that. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry that guy was so upset. Who was he mad at? He was mad at uh, Larson for oh. hitting the barrels. Somehow Larson hitting the barrels broke whatever it broke in Denny's steering. I don't know how that correlates, but that's in his mind. You guys are all worried about Freddie puking on the first couple of rows of VIP. You ain't lived until you've been in a car in the front seat and had Freddie Kraft puke pure fireball all over your shoulder and have to get out of the car and walk the rest of the way home so you don't throw up. Hi, Mike. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? That did happen. Uh, my buddy Mike. Why have we never that talked was a, about that this? That was a turkey derby celebration that went severely wrong. You threw up on him? I threw up from the back seat, projectile vomited <laughs> on his shoulder oh. and into the vents of Katie Blewett's car. And I think we had to get rid of the car. What? Why? The- <sighs> uh, yeah, that did happen. So, And Mike did walk about a half mile back to the house because he was so <laughs> mad at me that I think I was, I don't remember any of it. I wasn't really physically there. Um, but I mean, I was physically there. I wasn't there mentally. You never throw up either. I don't ever, it's very rare that I throw up, but it did happen. Sound like it. We drank a <laughs> lot of fireball. And I, Ryan Flores, I blamed it on Ryan Flores because he was driving the car from the bar home. And uh, I said his driving was erratic. And that's what's been what happened to me. I saw. You, I was sitting did in you the middle of the last week that you're an elegant new drink of choice. Your espresso yeah. martini. Oh, I did. Yeah, he did. that was. The Said he's not drinking them I'm again. Never doing. And d- that dumb was in Ireland all week, just drinking them. Yeah, it was one after another. I'm like, listen, oh. you know how you load up and go to the you know, Myrtle Beach for the weekend or whatever. Tim Duggar loads up and goes to like Ireland for the weekend. Yeah. That's his Myrtle Beach. He just like, goes for uh, you know I'm gonna go to pop over to Ireland for a couple days. I'm like, yeah, it's what? a two day trip to Ireland. Like, okay, little much. I'm, I'm going. Like, go, I'm going with him at some point. I think maybe January we're gonna go, but. Like I promise, what up. I'm not gonna do is you're gonna drink a martini. Drink 10, I might drink one. I'm not gonna drink twelve like I did that day. Like that was the dumbest <laughs> I've ever done in my life. I was I, that was Micah disagrees with you. He thinks the dumbest <laughs> ever done was throw up on her. Mike, not Mike. Yeah, it ain't. Micah. I mean, Micah might think Micah you're an idiot here. too. Micah probably thinks I'm an idiot too. Micah's the idiot that was hammering in the shop that one day when they tried to prank me and you in the old building. Oh, yeah. Remember when he was out there beating on that thing oh, with the that hammer? Was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, we should have just took care of him then. Should have. Josh Berry, doors by the boss. I think somebody owes him a low gift card. Or a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, See that, Steve and Stefan, mm-hmm. he's got a stack of them in his yeah, office. Yeah, apparently. He turned his down, so. Uh, apparently, to make it look better from their side, they went from 250 gift cards to 500 gift cards at the show out there. They were not $500. Steve I and Stefan. <laughs> maybe they were going to give you two. Dale needs to come on and defend himself for this. Well, there's yeah. no defending to it. There's, there, I mean, it is what it is. The, he had the entire live show to defend himself, but he really didn't have yeah, much. What are you going to say? Oh, yeah, I did that? Or what, what, what are you going to really say? Are you going to, would you ever take a gift card as a form of payment for spotting a race? Me? Yeah, $250 gift card. You're having to ask me that? I, I just want to hear your response. I wouldn't take Brett two. Has no. I, knew that. I, wouldn't, I don't know that I'd take 250 cash. <laughs> exactly. On your day off. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think my radio turns on for $250. Yeah. And guess, mine's probably it's got not. a slot the side. You slick the $100 bills. I'm going to wait till he asks me to go to that. Is the 400 coming up later on? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll wait till we get there. Before just remind get. him when he says no. That he didn't know that Josh Berry was on his outside at Homestead. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm, what I'm going to remind him of this is when I say, well, "Hey, we're coming to the green next time." Bye. <laughs> Turn my <laughs> off. Then he'll freak. He will. He would lose. Uh, could you imagine? You what wouldn't he would do it. Oh boy. I don't know. I mean, it depends what he's paying him. Yeah, I mean, I've showed up, but he's he's not paying him. He's pissed me off so bad before that I didn't say anything. So they could, we could get to that point. 
We got to give a big shout out to Andrew on his 70.3 triathlon. Dude, that is awesome. Pumped for you. However, Brett, TJ, and Freddie, every time he talks about it, remind him he's only half an Iron Man. Only half an Iron Man doing a 70.3. Still amazing, but you got to go out there and do the big one now, bud. All right? All we're doing is helping you go out there and get the big one. Andrew, you're not an Iron Man. Andrew, you, you want the big one? Oh, thing. God. Is there a long you, What's you, the big you, one? You got the little one. You want the big one. So it's a 70.3, which is a half Iron Man. So full Iron Man is double the distance. So you're half 40, the man we thought you were. 140.6. <laughs> so you're half the man so we, half we're assuming you are. Yeah. How yeah. long does that f- take? Like 10 hours? 12 hours. 12 hours? Yeah. People do that? Oh, yeah. So you're not an Iron Man. He's a half. No, he's half. an Iron Man. He did it twice, though, so he's an Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> How many people die after a real Iron Man? Uh, I don't know. Uh, you and Freddy? They have just, a full medical staff. I would die at the start of the Iron Man. <laughs> just so you know. When they pop the start, pistol, I'd be drown. like, shoot me now. <laughs> yeah. When you pop this pistol, put it to my head, please. Yes. <laughs> Get it over with. Yeah. Oh, my God. So what is that? So it's like what? Like a two? Two point. Three mile swim? Uh, 2.4 mile swim, 112 bike, and a marathon. Are you training yet? F- Have you that. got one lined up you're going to go and do? Uh, within the next five years. I'll five wanna, years? I want to do one. Dude, you, you know, know this you know gets harder when you get older, right? I actually hear you peak at triathlon like around your 30s. <laughs> Well, you got 15 you years for a lot that. of stuff in your yeah. <laughs> yeah. See? So you, you got 15 are, years You're going to waste five that. years of your life trying to peak. Aren't you? I mean, you're still in your 30s, right? Nope. Oh, you're out of 30s. I was going to say, you're in peak physical form, <laughs> man. I mean, look at me. I, well, I you're already <laughs> I mean, dude, come on, man. Hey, you might be. The Giants are short on linemen. <laughs> no. They had that Justin Pugh out there. I mean, him in the That's same size. I, did you see that guy? I mean, you see what they are? Oh, straight from the couch. Yeah. It's going to be Freddie straight from the couch racer. Giants won yesterday. They damn sure did. I hate it. I know who didn't. <laughs> That's it. All right. Well, to leave an audio message 24-7, don't forget to call our number 704-802-9572. We will keep picking the best ones each week. Let's move on to Reaction Theater. Send in your questions on Twitter using... We were, we were I mean, just oh. at Reaction Theater. Wow. I, I, I <laughs> I'm not cutting that out. <laughs> tired okay. of bailing you out. For the record, I'm going back from text message to one text message to the other text message to look for our questions and read the script that's also on my phone at the same time. So, Andrew, You're you failed, good. not me. Hey, the printer <gasps> failed let's, first. Let's move on to hashtag AskDBC, yeah. which is what you will use on Twitter when you're sending <laughs> your questions. Now I have to go back to Andrew's text to see what it is because he didn't pick them out until just now. So if you're going to call me out, I'm calling you yeah, out. I'm really looking forward to Reaction Theater, guys. <laughs> Let's move. <laughs> Hope we got good calls this Thanks week. Thanks for listening yeah. this week. <laughs> this first question is from a, one of our favorite listeners, Master of Light. How do you calm down a frustrated driver during a race? Depends on the driver. Yeah, Dale Jr., how do you call him down? <laughs> you, you don't just really. let him go. Yeah, you, you key the other. You actually just don't key up the button. You call him every effing name that you can think of in the book. So, Well, Steve Letard acts like he was some master psychiatrist with Dale Jr. Is that not the case? Uh, no, I mean, he, I, Letard did a really good job of setting the bar early. Like, look, if you're going to – I'm your boss, basically, and you're going to – you're going to be here an hour before the garage, an hour before we're on track. You're not walking in here as cars are rolling out. You're going to be in here. We're going to talk about the practice plan. You're going to be in, you know, go over everything. And um, 
it was the perfect point. Like Dale Jr. talked about uh, at the at the show, many weren't there, but he talked about both of them being at the points of their career where they both needed to step up. And and Stevie did a great job of of being in charge of that of that situation. And and Dale Jr. did a good job of listening to him and, and understanding what he needed to do. And and uh, but no, when usually when when a driver like him starts losing his cool on the radio, uh, he and honestly he didn't do it as much with um he didn't do it much with stevie at all uh i mean we had stevie had a goal for that run and he made sure we knew it and that was what it was and if there was a problem with the car you told him what it was we could work on it and that was it there's other there's other guys that you don't go faster when you lose your cool i can tell you that right now i've never seen a guy be mad at the car and speed up they they all slow down so the quicker you can mentally handle that yourself and you, you, spotters can try to help. But a lot of times when you say something, they just, they use that as fuel to the fire. But, um, my favorite is when you say you're faster running the bottom and they'll move down and slow down a half second. And yeah. Like, and then you got, okay, you proved your point. Yeah. You did that on purpose. We're yeah. not that stupid. <clears throat> the, you know, you it's, and it's different. It's different driver to driver. You know, there was guys that I worked with that Bubba's a perfect example of just kind of let him go. Like a lot of times I tell him, just don't hit the button. Like I know you want to yell and scream and, and it gets through, you know, but you're not, you definitely, the last thing you do is argue with him. That's not going to help. That's not going to help anything. It's just a calming voice of, all right, yeah, I get it. You know, yesterday we were struggling in the beginning of the race and it's just like, okay, we suck right now. Just get me to the next pit stop. That's all we're doing right now. Like just focus on getting to the next pit stop, give him a chance to work on it because a lot of times when you're frustrated, you'll make a mistake and hit the fence. And now, now instead of being able to, work on the setup of the race car you're fixing quarter panels or whatever um but then there's other guys that it's just like stop hitting the button please yeah like like there'd be guys worked you know worked with recently that they hit the button and they slow down three tenths and it's like you're just mm-hmm. hurt. like stop just stop talking like i don't care what you do please just stop pushing the button because you're just making this worse like so you, you gotta know how to handle each one and some guys want to be kind of talked off the ledge some guys just want to fight with you so bubba at times we've talked about it before like he just wants somebody to argue with, like, and just so no, know that somebody else is with me in this. I know we're both pissed off. Let's just is that what know, happened on Twitter it. last week with Ryan? Yeah, him and Ryan. That was pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's just the, the way you just handle each driver differently, and you know, obviously, you know, but some, some like, personalities more than others. Some of these young drivers look for veteran spotters because we've we you can and if they you know they they look for the guy that they can that'll tell them, hey, quit that, drive your car, tell us what you need, and. If the the driver has the respect to the spotter like that, then I think it's a good combo too because um, you know we've seen a lot of stuff and you can keep guys out of the trouble and you can keep them focused. They, that crew chief needs and the engineers need to be working on what they can do to make that car faster. And screaming and, and complaining and stuff doesn't make the car faster. Hey, this is what I'm fighting, but sometimes it helps to have that that veteran guy mm-hmm. up on the roof telling you, hey, you know, get back in your rhythm here, hit your marks. We're gonna ride this out maintain the best you can you might lose a spot or two but let's ride this out and work on the car and see where we end up 36 spotters on the roof on a sunday what percentage of spotters actually have a good enough relationship with their driver to calm them down and and have an honest accountability talk with them less than half oh i'd say it's way less than half if you if you just look at the combos a lot of them guys don't have relationships during the weeks like you don't talk to the, they don't talk to the and driver some, some of them like uh, on the other side of that some of them just want to be the driver's best friend you know what I mean? And they just, they won't, they won't hold them accountable or they won't, you know, just, they'll kind of agree with them. And then you don't want to really put yourself in that position because then the driver's going to the car and the spotter goes, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, the team guys are going, yeah. 
that guy. You know what? Yeah, you, know? you don't. Like, you said our car was. <laughs> yeah. Even so. even the guys that are experienced, like even like I remember specifically last year at Martinsville, Brad and Danny got to bumping each other and they're turning each other down the straight away. I'm like, quit that. Like I told Brad straight up, I'm like quit that. Like we're not. We can't be on pit road in a lap changing a left front tire. Our race is over at that point if you do that. So just quit that. And he actually, Brad responds really well to that stuff too. He's like, all right, well, yeah, I'm being dumb here because he tells me, like, hey, keep me, keep me straight in there. Don't let me get carried away. And it's nice to know that when you tell him that stuff, that they, we, he, he's like, you know what, you're right. We've talked about this, and I did a Kelly Crandall show a while back, and it's it's a lot of it also is the people that you surround yourself with, um, and and how much effect family has on it. Like we've seen guys just run through spotters and run through really good spotters. Another one, just a guy that's probably run through more spotters than anybody, just made another change, and he's had every good spotter on the roof and just made another change, Xfinity driver. And you're like, what in the hell? Like, And it's just because I think people just, you know, they maybe hold them accountable or some guy, you know, whatever. I don't know what causes it, but, you know, so there's been times where I've seen guys get fired because they tell a kid, you're an idiot. You know, you shouldn't be doing that. And they go, the, the parents step in and go, we don't want that guy no more. Yeah. Because, you know, and, and that's unfortunate. I know who you're talking about. He's been through a lot of spotters. And I'm not, I don't know that the one now is going to hold him, hold him, be like, hey, you're that's what up. he wants. Somebody that won't. Yeah. I, I, that's the problem, though. That like, is, you that need is to have problem. somebody that does. That is the problem. Speaking of spotters, Freddie, I'm going to ask you this qu- question from Justin. Thoughts on Chandler Smith not returning to college next year? Uh, you know, I think for Chandler, it's, you know, he's looking at opportunities elsewhere. And uh, for whatever reason, didn't work out a colleague. They got some stuff going on there that just that, that didn't mesh well together. And and Chandler's got other opportunities elsewhere, maybe. So, you know, that's that's it's just a business decision. They, them guys are going to move forward and, and mutually agree to do something different, I guess. And from from my standpoint, I've been a colleague for a few years. I may be there again next year. I may be with Chandler. I may be elsewhere. Who knows? Uh, that's all going to come out in the future. I, I, I honestly don't know. I have no idea right now what I'm going to do next year. So, I mean, I've been there for a long time, and I've been through, what, three or four. I've been having a different yeah. driver for the last four or five years over there. And so it's a great place to work. Um, you know, I, I enjoy it over there. We have fun, uh, and, we'll, and we'll see what the future holds. But I think Chandler just kind of making a business decision for himself here. Any rumors as to where he's going? I mean, you see rumors about Joe Gibbs racing. I mean, there's he, he's got to go somewhere. We talked about last week, you know, guys making decisions. We, we referenced Sheldon Creed. You can throw Chandler into the mix of guys that have to make decisions about whether you want to be a mid-pack cup driver or a front-running Xfinity driver. And I think Chandler sets himself up here. If he, if he goes to a place like Joe Gibbs Racing, he could he could potentially go out there and win a bunch of races next year, and then that sets you up long term for for being in a better position. Sheldon Creed he hasn't announced anything. He could do the same thing. He could be going to Gibbs and set himself up. You know, he goes out and wins a bunch of races next year. He could set him up for a better future. Um, so I, I you know the ten car still open. Uh, that could be an option for Chandler. I don't know, um, but you, you, I think that if you, if I was you know in the position of telling these Chandler or Sheldon or whoever what to do. I'm thinking you're going. You want to go win Xfinity races versus run mid to to back of the pack in the ten car because we've seen this year that they're not they're not up to speed where they need to be. Yeah, this, listen, this is big boy business, and and Colleague Racing and Chandler Smith had business decisions to be made. I think, and and I have been privy to a lot of information to which I legally cannot speak to, but I think at the end of the day, both parties lost a little bit here. And both parties won a little bit here. And when you look at teams, and I've been a part of the sport for a long time and a part of deals like this, when you look at situations where parties split before contracts are up, 
there are a lot of different scenarios around that. It can be sponsorship. It can be opportunity. It can be teams wanting other drivers. It can be drivers wanting to go to other teams, right? A lot of different scenarios. But in, in, in the best way I can lay this out for you guys is what I just said. I think they both lost in some ways, and I think they both won in some ways. And I think when they look back two years from now, they'll probably both be happy they did what they did. Because you want people in your organization that want to be there, and you also want to be in an organization that wants you there. And this particular uh situation in our sport requires funding drivers you know crew chief there's a lot of different things to go into these recipes to make race teams work i mean look at sheldon creed i mean look 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 at how much better austin hill runs than him so i'm sure that sheldon creed for him to make a change is saying i'm not getting the same opportunities austin hill is getting because you can't walk into richard children's office and say man your team sucks because it doesn't yeah. Right. You look at um, Sheldon Creed now. He's making a move. Wherever he's going, he hopes he's going to win races. If you do not win races, you do not have a five-year plan in place that's going to work in this sport. I don't care what series you're in. You look at Christopher Bell. He had one win two, three years ago. Now he's hot. He's not going anywhere. William Byron setting the world on fire. He's not going anywhere. The only way to solidify and cement your place in this sport and in this space is to win win every year and win often. How, Otherwise, you don't know when they're going to cut you loose. How common is it for drivers to a or teams to ask to be released or end their contracts early in NASCAR? I mean, I've known so many scenarios, Casey, where that's happened, where drivers have walked in and asked to be released. But I've also known scenarios where team owners have walked in and said, we want to release you. We want to fire you. We want to terminate your contract. We want to free you up to let you go talk to other teams. And if there's interest out there, and better opportunities for you. We want you to leave. So it, it's a 50-50 split. Again, if, if everything is working on the business side and everything is working on the competition side, nobody wants to go anywhere. But when there's problems, and the business side can be a lot of different things, the competition side a lot of different things. When there's problems, people want to make changes. And that's normal. I mean, I, I mean how many times have you quit a job? A, a bunch. How many times have you quit a job? Yeah, I think it's <clears throat> How many times you've been fired from a job? Because I've quit jobs and I've been fired from jobs. Same. This is no different. The only difference is there is a contract in place. And when there's a contract in place, you have to work through the legality of it. That means a lot of different scenarios are out there to make both parties do what I said, lose and win. Moving on to what an idiot. What an idiot, man. Got this week, TJ. Your eyes lit up. Who are you calling? Why is everybody looking at me? Well, your face kind of says call, it all. <clears throat> call that guy that wrecked you on Saturday. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I can't I, believe I, Dale Jr. didn't know what TJ stood for after all these years. I can't believe it. I, that, I, I can't I'm, believe he was listening to the show. I, that makes me even more mad than it. What an <laughs> idiot! No, um, I don't know. There's, there's a man. Just when you think you have somebody, somebody goes and tops it. Um. <laughs> I don't want to take Freddy's, but my biggest one for the, I mean, it was highly entertaining, but um, the, the Saturday night stuff is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Cars tour. Yeah. The intentional wrecking. Oh, well, is, is Kip losing control already? Uh, I can't believe Kip goes over there and all hell breaks loose. Just cue a <laughs> text message problem. chain about from Kip um, in a minute. Yeah. That I, <laughs> he's got his hands full right now. Um, the intentional wrecking, uh, the great race. Actually, I was enjoying the, enjoying the show. And man, it went it went bad in a heartbeat. I mean, the guy 
two two people race for the championship, take each other out, um, or not really take each other out. One got kind of taken out, and then um, multiple times, and then's up the guy gets wins the race. But so which one do you really give the idiot? So the thing, and I'm not there, so I wasn't privy to all the radio transmissions. We're talking about Katie Hettinger and um, Caden Caden. Quapple. Yeah, Uh, and they're they're racing. Were they racing for the lead when they crashed first? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. So. You know, they, they get... That's what I'm saying. It was, it was me, 20 to go. Great race. Me, like, Caden comes up. He kind of squeezes her a little bit, gets a little loose, and the back of his car gets in hers. And, and then she, like, chases him down the racetrack, it seemed like to me, and I could be wrong, uh, and she wrecks. And it is what it is. That was I thought that was a racing deal. I and thought wrecks maybe other cars, she, too. Yeah, and it collects other guys. But then the next restart, whoever it was later in the race, and, and from what I'm understanding, people on the team were telling her, instructing her to do this, which is worse. We've talked about that on here a hundred times about, you know, the one time Chad told Byron to go wreck uh, Bush. He, Byron's stuff ended up more wrecked than anybody's. But then you, she goes and right hooks him down the front straightaway, which is the worst thing you can do in the sport. Um, and we've said it before. People wrecks got herself, suspended. too. Wrecks herself. Wrecks her car worse than his. Obviously, he came yep. back and won the race. Her car's destroyed. Um, and it's just it's just a terrible look for, for what the, the – Never, never should you ever right hook somebody, but especially for what happened down the backstretch, didn't warrant by any means. And this is this is kind of two weeks in a row. The same team. This is the same team that Nasty was driving for at Winchester four hundred. That's on the front stretch trying to fight a kid, and that ends up launching Steven's dad down the front stretch doing mm-hmm. a burnout or donuts, whatever it was. You know, this is this is two weeks in a row. This same group is 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 kind of looking bad, and and I don't I hate to call them idiots because I like them guys, uh, but. It's it's a bad. You can look. like them and they still be idiots. Yeah, no, it's just I, it's just it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a terrible from experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, trust me, I know. Uh, but it's just a terrible look for the sport for everything. And I, I would I would hope that some suspensions are coming because you can't you can't just let people right hook people out there. Yeah, there even what isn't there another race too that it happened in something similar like that. I don't remember. I don't have uh, a full blown what an idiot. Actually, I want to give somebody credit before I call somebody a semi idiot. Um, I thought it was great yesterday that NASCAR was on NBC and went head-to-head with F1 on ABC versus usually we're buried on cable and their own network. So it'll be interesting to see how the ratings do. I bet we're triple what they were. We'll see. Um, my, my, this isn't my what an idiot, but I, there was some debate this week about how do teams grow fan affinity of the team? And, and I think a prime example of this is in football, Tom Brady left the Patriots, and he went to the Buccaneers. Patriot fans stayed Patriot fans. Some of them. Most of them. I, I, have, I'm not, I, have, I know some that were no, like – I'm not I saying that they didn't go support the Bucs, but, but if, you're a, if you're a Dallas Cowboys fan and Dak Prescott leaves, no, most of you Cowboys. are going to stay a Dallas Cowboys fan. And, and the debate was brought up this week in our Slight sport. Slight difference between Dak and Tom Brady. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> Regardless of how you think it's not. Same thing. How many Seven rings. <laughs> but when you look at our sport, and the, and the debate is, we need fans to stay fans of a team when a driver leaves. There are very, very, very few instances where this applies. And I think probably the two most history teams where this has always applied in my lifetime was if you were a Wood Brothers racing fan, you were a Wood Brothers racing fan no matter who drove that 21 car. It didn't matter if it was David Pearson. It didn't matter if it was Morgan Shepard, Michael Waltrip, Elliot Sadler. You were a Wood Brothers fan through and through. Um, Richard Petty, 
you you grew up a Richard Petty fan. You were a 43 fan. No matter who drove that car, you remained somewhat of a Petty fan. Obviously, Richard Petty is now not in an ownership role, so that's changed a little bit. Trackhouse is probably the closest thing I see right now to trying to develop the brand and do things that, that would make a fan stay loyal to a team. But at the end of the day, if Brad Keselowski sells his interest in Roush Fenway Keselowski today and he leaves and he goes to Rick Ware Racing, every single Keselowski fan is going to leave and go with him. It's just the way it is. We, our fan base grows up attracted to, and I don't mean physically, I mean genuinely attracted to a person's persona, their talent, the color of the car they drive, all these things. But we form a relationship with the driver. That's never going to change for race fans. We're never going to stick around at a team when a different driver might have got my driver fired or my driver might have quit to go somewhere better. Like, I I think, you know, the, the debate was brought up, and I'm all for being a part of the debate. But I think that we're missing how old school our fans are always going to be, no matter how old. I think to your point, we, I, being at the forty three for a few years, I got added to every group chat or group, you know, forty three fans or whatever it was, and there's just a loyal group of fans that are going to be a fan of the now, maybe not so much because of you know just kind of switching yeah. on the legacy. Yeah. But for all those years, they were Richard Petty fans. Were just they didn't matter who drove to forty three. No, they were forty three fans, and the same with the Wood Brothers. But to your yeah, and now you're going to have you know take our team for example. People could be somebody a Michael Jordan fan is going to bring him into the sport. They're going to just be a fan of the twenty three eleven team. You know, no matter who's driving it. So, but yeah, I, I agree with you on that. If, uh, if Bowley's twenty three eleven tomorrow. All of Bubba fans are leaving. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. following him. Go ahead, we just we didn't made our, our stars got so big though, you know, like yeah. we, like no matter where Dell Junior went, they were going. You right. know, um, Tony, all them guys, wherever that driver, wherever that driver went, he had such a following, and it wasn't just the team. Um, man, those guys were. I think that's an age thing, though. I think you know, to your point, Wood Brothers, like right now, I think like just message us like 2311 in Trackhouse, you do see how they're making efforts to have that same affinity, have the same fandom that a Wood Brothers had, the history, the, you know, the relationships that they have with their fans. I think they're doing a good job. And, and I do, I do think that this is an age where the older demographics were just more loyal to a team because of where they started. Well, plus, if you look at it, whenever, whenever, <clears throat> whoever wins the race, you don't know who them crew guys are. You don't know who that mechanic is. You don't know. You might you know the crew chief, but you you might you might not know the crew chief though. You do. You do now with I not as like much. I mean, when when a little kid watches when when a kid watches that driver win, he doesn't. All he knows is that's my that driver. He doesn't know most of the time. But with social media, I think Joe Gibbs Racing has done a great job of highlighting their pit crew and highlighting the guys. Behind Who's the, the crew chief for the forty two Cup car, Casey? I'm, I'm not saying them. I'm saying Joe Gibbs. I'm Ray- saying people identify with drivers. Drivers yes. are the stars. I yes. agree, but I do think teams have done a better job now. More I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying, like, if Tony Stewart leaves Joe Gibbs Racing to start Stewart Haas Racing, he's going to take all of his fans with him. The only thing I think you have an opportunity to capture your fan is Jeff Gordon retires. All right, now who's going in the 24? Right, Dale Jarrett retires. Who's going in 88? You know, Rusty Wallace retires. Who's going in the two? I mean, this year, Kevin Harvick is retiring. You think all those fans are going to jump on the Josh Berry bandwagon? No. Some well, of them are. You, Look at Bowman. You Bowman think, inherited up 
perfect example of that is Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon retires. Who goes into 24? William Byron. Chase Elliott. Chase. Forgot. Chase Elliott. And they realize this, we're going to build a whole different brand around Chase Elliott. Yeah. Chase Elliott's got to get in the nine. And then you put Byron in the 24. But, you know, that that's just, a, you know, that was a case of this is not the Rainbow Warriors anymore. This is Chase's team. Well, not, not really. All right, let's go and switch Chase to the nine and put somebody else in yeah, the 24. I forgot about that. So, you know, it's just, yeah, it's, it is based look, solely look on driving. Look at Bowman, though, I mean, man. The, he inherited. Well, one of the team owners said, and it might even be Keselowski that said this, it's a terrible return on investment for us to invest in what that is. And I agree with whoever said that because the affinity is always going to lie, for the most part, in the majority, with the driver. Yeah, and and – you know, Dale leaving, but Bowman has never really had his own identity. You know, he, he replaced Dale in the 88. Then he replaced yeah. Jimmy in the 48. Like he, but he, and he's got fan, he's got a decent fan base, but it'd be, I think a lot of it became because he was replacing Dale. You know, well, Dale's, he filled Dale's, in for him. Yeah. He whenever. filled in for him and then he replaced Dale in the 88. And now he's replacing yeah. Jimmy in the 48. Why does Josh Berry have a big fan following? Dale Jr. Duh. But, Might as well change his guys, name to TJ. <laughs> TJ Barry. Do you guys know this that that with with William Byron specifically? Obviously being in the 24, you know, that brings a whole new fan base. But I feel like just more recently with his success that he's had on track and how much he's grown, I see more William Byron shirts out there than I did before. Yeah, winning doesn't suck. Right, but meaning like what you're saying about I mean, teams and drivers, yeah, he did get that fan base when he inherited the 24, but like he's also making a name for himself in a different light with his success, where it kind of died down a little bit once Jeff retired. It's the like, same as Chris Busher. Like, right. Who, oh, I've like seen, nobody, I've like, seen no, more who Chris the hell, Did you ever see a Chris Busher shirt before this year? He goes even, out and wins three races, and now that you see shirts. Even RFK shirts. Making Chris Busher shirts. <laughs> even RFK shirts. I've seen way more now than, than I did beginning of last year. So just because of the house racing was on top of the world in early 2000s, with five cup teams, yeah. five prominent drivers winning every race you freaking went to, it felt like. And then they fell off the face of the earth, went from five cup teams down to two, went from three and four and five Xfinity teams down to zero, went from two trucks down to zero. Now, I think Brad's brought them back a lot of relevance because of his name, and I also think, obviously, the competition's gotten better in the last, what, you know, 24 months. But at the end of the day, I stand by the fact that the majority of fans are going to side with drivers over teams. Oh, all and day. you people that don't, I love you for that. I'm always going to be a Wood Brothers racing fan till the day that I die, no matter who's driving their cars. But I'm going to follow certain drivers before that. Moving on to DBC Picks. Casey, still want to switch? Yeah, it's I over. I don't. Okay. Oh, you're good now? For the record. For the record, it's over. You guys are all All you had to do was second. look back, and uh, Freddie had got to pick last when Denny got DQ'd, so I should have been able uh, to pick last. I'm glad. Why? Your guy didn't get this I'm glad he did originally. Then he, got, then he got reinstated. Yeah, so but when good. we recorded the show <laughs> See, last I week, knew that was going to happen, okay, so I didn't. Whatever. Whatever. All right, I'll take Bell. You can have Larson then. No, I <laughs> uh, I am glad I uh, won with Christopher Bell. Although you just tried to cheat last week because Larson was going to be the one. I didn't I won. cheat. I, I picked in the order. I, I thought I was going to win again, man. Byron was in a good spot, and then he wasn't. He let me down. Uh, Taught him how to play blackjack, man. Yeah, my only chance now is to split the bill. We are picking for Martinsville. Freddie, you go first. Somebody's eating for free. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the kids' menu. That's. I funny. mean, I've. You ain't gonna my, go. My either. best chance now I'm is going. I gotta split. The, I'm I ordering split two the meals, Casey. Um, 
Martinsville, Martinsville. I'll take Bubba Wallace. Why not? Ooh, nice. <laughs> you throwing the towel in. <laughs> <laughs> I won with Bubba here last year in the in DBC picks. I don't remember where we finished, but you, never mind. Yeah. What? Never mind. What are you gonna say? What are you gonna I, say? I don't. I was gonna tamper with the picks. Oh, oh okay. don't do it. Wait. Just wait. Why? Who's or, next? TJ. Uh, actually, um, Brett's probably I think next. It's my turn. Yeah. I oh, this is wrong then. Andrew. Math's hard. Um, Andrew. <laughs> this is all Andrew. I'm looking at my phone here. Um, man, Ryan Blaney. Jeez. I picked him. Have I? Nope. TJ. Kind of sucks. He's got to go for I'll points. Take, but I'll take the six. Oh, we're all picking our own guys. I can't say until the picks no, are you, through. You were going to give me, like, signals. What was your signal? No. And no you signal. actually can't even pick this driver, so. Uh, I'll take Byron. You didn't pick Truex? No. Nah. Dude, you've seen his Hill? average? <laughs> Guy's got a 50th place average. Yeah, in the I know. I mean, he's good there. Everybody yeah. shaved their beards. What were you going to say, Andrew? Yeah, man. They That's did? what I was going to say. They, in the beginning mm. of the playoffs. Andrew, oh. I, we all know Martins. Martins oh, yeah. We all know that. But, like, he uh, he's also finished, like. How's that working out? Yeah, like it's like behind Ty Dillon. Fair enough. What's yeah. Martinsville? Saturday, Sunday for y'all? Friday, Friday, Friday Saturday, Sunday. Sunday. Xfinity practice and qualifying Friday evening. For 15 minutes? 20. 20, yeah. So you got to drive all the way up there to do a 20 minute practice? Fair, yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's okay. I'd rather do that than drive up there and do a four hour practice. <laughs> so. yeah, I'd rather drive over Saturday morning and practice and do it all in one day. That would be, that would be ideal, but I'm good with it. Just Xfinity, no trucks. Trucks are off to Phoenix. I hate it. Correct. Why? I hate it. Why do I hate it or why? No, are they not why? There? Yeah. It makes no sense. It's a good track. It's for the I think trucks. it's back next year, but it's close to home. They go all the way to Portland to race, right? <laughs> oh, God. Here we but go. But we can't race in Martinsville? Oh. Can, can we study economics? Anybody? Dude, they're running Chicago, too. Truck. Anybody no, want to study kidding. economics? They're not running. Oh, my God. It's just, it sucks. Ooh. Like, I would rather the truck series end. This weekend at Martinsville with their championship uh, weekend, then to go to Phoenix. Could you imagine Just, that bloodbath? That would actually oh, be epic. Cars work. Epic. I feel like the truck series at Martinsville is a very fitting identity for a championship oh, race. Such for that great series. races there. I mean, they, they turn also, into she shows every they once do. in a while. Oh, but, they do. But it's at, I'm here for it. But it's just, yeah, man, I agree. Too many yeah. off weekends in the truck playoffs. I, Martinsville is good, man. Oh, in the playoffs, yeah, like it's too it's, many. It's way too spread out. It starts yeah. before the Cup Series, and then they only run seven races or something like that, right? I wish they lined up with each other better. Well, sure. if you are able to make it, Xfinity Five Hundred Race Weekend is one. Based off last year, you do not want to miss. They do a great job. Xfinity's title sponsor. We are nice. We are. That's fine. Here, here's my advice for Martinsville. If you're within four hours of here. Go. It is an awesome racetrack, awesome experience, amazing weekend. No matter where you stay, unless it's in a tent, do not sleep in a town of Martinsville. It's cold. There is not a bad seat. There ain't a a good hotel in town. I got a buddy named Dylan that's coming up there. He's celebrating his bachelor party in Martinsville. Tell him this story. And uh, (laughs) what? Tell him a story about you text me and say, where should they do for their. (laughs) He said, where should I text? Because I don't like I don't. I text Brett and Josh Williams, who lives lives up there. And he texts me and he said, where should we go? You know, we're going bachelor party. We got to find something to do on a 
Friday night, I guess. And I'm like, I don't know. I really, I can't really help you in Martinsville, but like, go to the Dutch Inn. Uh, yep. and I text Brett, and he said, go to Uber to Nashville. He said, <laughs> he said, what I need to tell my friends to do that are on a bachelor party this weekend at Greensboro. I said, get an Uber to Nashville. They're not even in Greensboro. They're staying at the track. So they, get, I mean, get the uh, f- I was, trying to tell them to, I was trying to tell them to go to Greensboro. You know what happens but if I think you go to the Dutch Inn? They built a new uh, casino in Danville, so I, I sent them over oh, there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Danville's a really cool town, pretty town. Do you know what happens uh, when you go to the Dutch Inn? What you happens? The Dutch flu. Dutch flu. Not anymore, right? They still let them smoke in there? Ah. <sighs> Surely not. If I would guess, well, I'd do say they yes. serve martinis? That'd give you the Dutch yeah. flu too. <laughs> Dutch, the the Flying Dutchman inside the Dutch Inn is a iconic uh, mod. If you're mod, <laughs> this kid's a modified driver from Riverhead, and uh, I told him, I said, you have as a rite of passage, you have to go have a drink at the Dutchman. Uh, multiple. That's where that was the the place back in the day for modifieds. I'm sure it probably no. Listen to me, man. Of all the places we went, the two number one places to go in the 90s and early 2000s was the Sheraton. At Dover, at Dover, which is no longer. No the, longer. the entire hotel yeah. is now closed down. And then the Dutch Inn at Martinsville because those were two bars that you knew you could walk in and there'd be anywhere from eight to 12 cup drivers in there. Having a beer, hanging yeah. out with the fans, dancing, singing karaoke. Uh, normal lifestyle. You think normal that, How many cup lifestyle. drivers do be in there this weekend? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Denny. No, no chance. Not a chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's gonna in that fire city war to that concert. <laughs> the helicopter ain't gonna leave the track and drop him at the Dutch Inn and then take, come back to his house. If there is a spot in the helicopter, I would love to be on it. Deadly. Uh, but Marsville, Marsville right has got to be on your freaking bucket list. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. hundred percent. I tell everybody every time that that's the answer when everybody asks me my favorite track. Yeah, it's really great. I right. appreciate y'all listening. Sorry, Casey's in a hurry. I got a quick oh, question. I'm not in a hurry. I got a quick question for you, and, it, you and I meant to bring it up earlier, and I didn't, but I want to ask you anyway. So the, the <laughs> Luke, um, that was not thirty-eight me, car, thirty-eight truck gets black flagged. I mean, disqualified for DQ, DQ'd for the windshield yep. race is not being in there. It was very obvious during the race if you're watching and have any idea what you're looking at that it, that's that it's illegal. <laughs> it's obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Should NASCAR have made them pit? And, and, and fixed it then. Like, Let me ask you, is it a safety issue? Is it caved in enough to where if something hits it, it's a safety potentially. issue? Potentially, Because if, if it is, and I have to say yes, otherwise I think you have to take it after the race and find out what happened. Because so many times in our sport, I mean, listen, the, I, TJ remembers this, the last thing you wanted to see Jimmy Johnson do in a race when he was so dominant was to be struggling and hit the wall and then have a chance to come down and check and and his team work on that thing for five, six, seven laps under caution. So... I mean, my question is, what's wrong? We just saw, we saw back in the day. You saw, we like if they did a too good of a job of, you know, flaring out their skirts, or the Jackman ran into the side of the car and and, and flared out the right rear too much. They made you come in and fix it. Now yeah. you watch this guy running down the front straightaway with his whole windshield caved in, like. What is? Why are you not telling him you better come and fix that now? Because you're altering the playoffs the whole race when people are. You are. He's leading the race, and this is people are reacting to. Oh, shit, this guy's gonna win. Now I've got to do something different to where we can all see like this guy's not gonna win no matter what happens because he's gonna get disqualified because his windshield's caved in. Is there a scenario to which that windshield would have been admissible and permissible? I mean, I guess if it's damage, maybe, but. Because if you're NASCAR, do you know why it's failed? Can you say, man, this wasn't the team's fault? Listen, Michael Waltrip beat Elliott Sadler at a truck race at Daytona with half a rear spoiler. Oh, warm out. <laughs> I mean, we led, we're leading coming to the checker. Michael pulls out and drives by us running 40 miles an hour faster than we could run because <laughs> he only had half a rear spoiler. Should he have been allowed out there? No, but they deemed that the rear spoiler came off 
as part of a, a, a racing incident, even yeah. though it gave him a freaking 80 horsepower aero advantage. So I, I don't I don't have enough information about it. But for me, Freddie, I look at it and I immediately say, is this a safety problem? If so, come fix it. Are they cheating? We don't know yet. We're going to have to see how this plays yeah. out. All right. Sorry. Got us off on a tangent there. I mean, I... I make people come in and fix doors and modifications and stuff. But they didn't modify the windshield during the race. Yeah, well, they, yeah, I guess. Well, it, it modified itself during the race. So did Kevin Harvick's. <laughs> that was an accident. A few weeks ago. That was an accident. Kevin Harvick, two weeks left. Man. Yeah, uh, really cool to see Rodney and his oh. family do the command yesterday. Yeah, and that cool. Budweiser car. Yeah, so look cool. good. Yeah. They did a great job. Two All weeks. of their videos... I don't know who managed it, Josh or Stuart Haas or whatever. They Josh Jones ain't managing no videos. They their team, <laughs> they work on those videos. Hey, Jerry Maguire awesome. don't know how to make a video. Jerry Maguire. He knows how to be in a video. <laughs> Y'all are the worst. They kick in the video. They kick field goals. What do you goals. want to say? It's Je- uh, Jess, if you uh, um, listened to the Business of Motorsports a couple weeks ago, uh, Josh gave great credit to Jess and that whole team. She is the best of the best. That's awesome. They got her away go. from the Yankees, to be honest with you. Yeah. They've done a great job. I mean, I teared up last week. I video. think I think Kevin, I think he could pull off a win in the next one of the two races. Well, he's he's been the man of Phoenix forever. And he's he's a good short track. Beat the championship. Yeah, before. but I'm just saying, I he's good enough. He's he's good you at these have tracks. a really fast car. Yeah. And it's just for whatever reason, Stuart Haas cars are not fast right now. I think they'll be fast again very soon, mm-hmm. but they're. They're struggling right now. Good run, Fred Camaroli yesterday. He stole the top ten. Top ten. Yep. Harvick yep. actually got up there in the top five or six there after the pit it's deal. Kevin Harvick, he's a stud. He's a, he, I mean, you talk about closer. a guy. I mean, he, he uh, it's unfortunate he didn't win a race this year, but this guy can still get it done, and he's going out. But yeah, but, but it's going to be to the advantage of things like the Cars Tour. You know, he's going to go run Cars Tour, yeah. like, you know, races, and and you're going to see. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think Kevin's going to be the kind of guy that goes away. You know, I think he's going to be around because he's going to try and bring Keelan through the ranks of this sport somehow. You know, whichever path he his kid's the most diversified kid coming up right? ever. Like he runs everything, so uh, you know it'll be interesting to see what path they take on. But I, Kevin's not going to be somebody that just disappears. I don't think you're going to see a lot of him, obviously on TV, but then racing as well. I mean, been cup racing, you say full-time since 2001. Obviously, missed Daytona 500 that year. But he's a guy that you could potentially see, Freddie, in my opinion, take on some ownership stakes yeah. somewhere. It, I could see him buying into a track house, you know, in a minor minor majority role. Like, uh, minor role, not can't be minor and minor, majority. Minor, uh, minor majority role. Listen, I had a flu last week. My brain is still not right. But, I mean, I could see him buying into somewhere that he thinks owning – a piece of the team will help him down the road because he's got a plethora and a portfolio of sponsors and you don't want to spread them out. You want to be able to house them in one spot and service them. Yeah, and you and you mentioned Eric Amarola running good yesterday. We've heard some, you know, obviously the, the, it's, I don't know, I, I hate to say it's a done deal because he hasn't announced it yet and we've been hearing this for a couple of years that he's going to retire from cup racing, but I've heard he's a retired. lot of interesting rumors about what he may do Xfinity-wise next year. He may run some ex- some you know some really good teams, some you know uh, B level team maybe, uh, but it'd be interesting to see if he j- jumps in a because I think he could excel in a, a good Xfinity car. I've next heard year. five to eighteen races for his Xfinity yeah. stuff next year, so it'll be interesting to see what. And listen, that's another guy. Like if he wants to stick around and race some man, let him. Yeah, absolutely. that's the that's the fun part about what we do. But listen, thank y'all for listening. Long show today. TJ was rambling and oh, was I hard. loved it. Okay, sorry, Casey. We didn't mean to upset you twice. I'm sorry, Casey. Two times. I mean, how is this? How is this different from any other day? You didn't upset me at <laughs> Most all. Most of the time, I mean to upset you. I I'm apologizing for an inverted. I take again. everything with a grain of salt that you guys say. Smoker Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Casey, smoking allergies. hot. Casey's, Casey's I have always allergies. allergies.
Plus, uh, shout out to bartender Ben, who is on that Stuart Haas team that works on a lot of those videos. Does he? So, That's yeah, what be he yeah. Oh, good so for cool. him. They did a great job. Well, we just raise these guys and they just, just run off just and leave us. Run off and do yeah, good That's right. Job. Raise yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. I'm proud was. of Dirty Mo alumni. Matthew Dillner, all of you guys that are out there that we made your careers. You're Matthew welcome. Dillner got mistaken <laughs> for Brett this week. Oh, my God. That <laughs> was How did that happen? <laughs> He ain't got a gap tooth, red beard, I, none I of that stuff. I think he was that ugly, but I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we'll see everybody in Martinsville. Thank you for listening. Come say hi. Have a great week. We out. Yeah. See ya. Holla. Check out Dirty Mo Media. Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.